Um, Marcus said he was having kind of a bad day. So I decided I, see I was this. going to go out and get ribs. And so I barbecued ribs for him and made him baked potatoes and stuff like that. But it took longer than I expected. I think get ribs is a euphemism. Yerm. <laughs> I show them to you, but I don't want you to watch me eat ribs. So I'm just going <laughs> to keep the 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 video off until I'm done. <laughs> well, at least mute your fucking Google Hangout audio. Also, why are you so echoey? She didn't... I'm in the living room. Mm. Can you? That's where I'm going to be. And you don't have any furniture. Can you move the microphone closer to your face? Um, after I'm done eating. Right. Yeah, so we can hear those ribs smacking against your lips. Maybe I shouldn't have started recording yet. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> so how are you, Tim? Haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, pretty good. Been been. Been busy. I think I put like five, six hundred miles on my car this week, so a lot of driving for work this week. Woof. Yeah, but uh, next week I'm in Ohio all week, which I'm actually kind of looking forward to. So it'll be a nice break. Like I'm at a conference, I'm not gonna have to work too hard or anything like that. Not gonna be stupid long days, hopefully. So. Well, that's good. Yeah, we might be recording, or I might be recording from there next week, depending on when we decide to record. Ah, the state of Drew Carey. <laughs> yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm guessing uh, that you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, Christy? No, why? Because... No reason. Yeah. Why? No, no, no reason. <laughs> what did you guys say about me? A couple, couple items of interest to you, that's all. What did you say? We just made reference to your Facebook post. Yeah. From Which the same day. What? From the same day. I don't remember what that was. <laughs> oh, that's good. About your, about, about your lady pains? Oh. Oh. We figured if you mentioned it on Facebook, it was okay for us to say on the episode why you weren't on that week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, we were uh, we were more tasteful about it on the, re- the second round than we were on the first <laughs> round. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't surprise me. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> your conscience has kicked in. <laughs> No, I think we were just tired <laughs> at that point when we recorded yeah, yeah. the we recorded well, the second episode. Just just felt like we were overdoing it or uh, or uh, mm-hmm. that we we got that deja vu feeling. Well, we can say it. I had a rager of a period last week. Just right, like someone took a a knife and just stabbed my ovaries and just decided that my uh, my uterus was uh, was going to be a tapestry of pain. Tapestry of pain. <laughs> That's floral. Uh, that sounds like something uh, your beloved Ben Gibbard would write, so I'll give that one to you. <laughs> sounds like something my beloved vagina would write. Oh. Sounds like some Ben Gibbard would write about his vagina. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> about how it's weeping and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I Will Follow You Into the Dark is actually about a vagina. <laughs> if heaven or that's, hell decides that your vagina something, something that rhymes... <laughs> What rhymes with vagina? Regina. The city that rhymes with fun. (laughs) That's good. I like that. Did you ever listen to the CBC Radio 3 podcast? No. No. Oh, that was for a long time when I moved away. That was like where I was sort of getting my Canadian music and stuff like that from. Um, And that was like at the peak of like Canadian indie. Indie, yeah. Uh, And so... um, what they uh or this was back in like 2000 i guess like the early 2000s anyways they had they always had these like really good stings 
for different songs. Like it, they would say, you know, like so and so, like Joel Plaskett from Halifax, and they would have like a sting that was like the sound of a fax machine. And they would say <laughs> the, the fax, and they would say there was one was like Guelph, the royal city, and then. <laughs> And then there was uh, Regina, the city that rhymes with fun. That's hilarious. <laughs> Bravo, CBC. Yeah. I remember those CBC Radio 3 like shows. They were awesome. Yeah, good times. They, had some, they had some really good ones. Um, and the, a lot of good like banter and stuff like that on them, too. Like uh, back and forth between the host and producer and that sort of thing. They were always good about getting guys in um, to like actually play on the, on the air, too, which was always kind of fun. Yeah. They had a fair number of like, good like sessions, uh, podcasts, and stuff. I remember, like I remember some like like Matthew Good or like the Deers being on there for like an afternoon mm-hmm. or something like that. It was good times. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Christy, uh, you should listen to last week's episode, even up just up to the the Logan, Logan part. Uh, even if if you don't want to be spoiled, I know everything that happens. I researched it. I don't want to ever see that movie. <laughs> well, then you can listen to it and hear our takes on it. Then yeah, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but uh, the the. Um, Geek of the Week, Mark's Geek of the Week, I think you'll find interesting. Yes, yeah. I was I actually... you did another sting. Were you drunk? Uh, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't do another sting. Oh, I thought you did. <laughs> Where did you hear? Who are you talking to about the <laughs> podcast where you would hear? Does Mark Probably listen to myself. it? No. So, you've, so Brianna's listened to it, but Christy hasn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. So, anyways, yeah. we're recording. Yeah, so maybe I should start hosting. Uh, that would be ideal. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode... 41. 41. It's in the we're session. Going to hit, we're going to hit our midlife crisis soon. We just made this <laughs> we joke, made last, joke week. last week. <laughs> Which you know if you listen to a damn episode. Okay, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to the episode if I'm not on it because it obviously isn't going to be as funny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was probably hilarious. Uh... But yay, midlife crisis. Um, but uh, this week, apparently, we're we gonna... also have Alzheimer's. We're making the same joke. <laughs> we're right now, right? repeating ourselves like my, like so... my fucking dad does. Like... Oh. <laughs> no, he knows. He knows he's doing it. Yeah. He 100 knows he's making the same jokes. My mom and dad both similarly are affected by, like, I'm going to repeat the same story 500 times to you. Not that I don't, but it is really noticeable with them these days. Hi, Mom, by the way. Hi, Mom. Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. Thanks for operating on my, or helping out for the operation on my sister, Karen. (laughs) She says she vaguely remembers you from her uh, anesthetized haze. Nice. Oh, drugs. Anesthetized? Yeah, my sister. Did you? I thought it was anesthetized. That was in the chat. You have no oh, yeah, reason to not. Oh, okay. I was agreeing. Yeah, you, I knew. I thought he pronounced the word wrong. No, no, no. Because we talked about your sister because of my ovary issues. We did, yes. I, but I'm not trusting your pronunciation on words, given your past grammar issues on the podcast, which have been <laughs> grossly misinterpreted by Mark and I. Yes, there's also you. that. <laughs> How dare you? I'm an English minor. <laughs> minor, I think, being the key word, right? <laughs> Um, but yes, so we are going to have, uh, we finally have all our original three back again. It's been two weeks and before that it was like another week. So this is, uh, hasn't been that, that regular for a while, but, um, it's been really nice cause, uh, Mark's brother's been filling in and he's rad. Thanks Paul. Say hi to Paul. Yep. Hi Paul. And yeah. Hi Paul. <laughs> and, um, we hope, no- we hope North Korea hasn't burned 
hasn't blown you up yet. Yes, we're very happy that North Korea hasn't blown you up yet. But he did kind of like, hey. I last minute asked him if he wanted to join us for last week. And he was like, no, I have to Skype with somebody else. And I was like, this is horse shit. Your older brother's more important. <laughs> he still didn't come on the podcast. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was a sexy man that he was. That's what I um, said. It was, it's Skyping a girl. Up. So unless he's switching teams on me, us. I mean, gender. He could switch fluid. back and forth if he wants to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's up to him, really. Not gender. Mm-hmm. Not gender. Mm-hmm. That's also, hi Becky, because she listens to the podcast too. I think that's who. Hi we're Becky, shout outs. Just lots of shout. We should outs. do more shout outs. We should do lots of shout outs. Yeah, it would but, take, a, take us like ten minutes, or not ten minutes, like ten seconds to name ten all seconds. Of our, I was gonna say, our, I think you were grossly over. Exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take us ten minutes to pronounce a couple of them. Well, there's yeah. that too. We can't do that again, though. We Christy gave us shit for doing that on the one episode. Yeah, because we, it was we have like really three, inappropriate. <laughs> it was we super have like racist. Three hundred something followers. If you count all of our random Asian and European followers, though. Yes, it's true. Over the over the waters. Yeah. Um, across the pond. Listeners. Yeah, overseas listeners. Yeah. Who are probably not actually listeners, but you know. Hey, that's okay. I subscribe to a whole bunch of like travel newsletters, and I don't read them, but I'm still one of their numbers. Nice, yeah. Take take those take those uh, take those likes where you can get them, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Indeed. Social media, so real, so raw. Um, but yes. Yeah, so today, what we're going to be talking about is our favorite Easter eggs that we have found in film and television and video games. Um, and everybody has prepared their uh, top five, and we have some honorable mentions. But the honorable mentions we're going to tell you about, but we're not going to tell you where they are. You have to find them yourself. But I don't want to give away everything, even though I just did. So uh, why don't we start out with uh, with our news of the week? Now, to be perfectly honest, I did not find that much interesting news. It was relatively quiet, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Like The Handmaiden's Tale, uh, I think, had its first episode. But I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about it. I haven't watched it yet either. I'm, uh, I'm behind on a lot of my... Older shows, so I'll, I mm-hmm. probably won't be picking up any new shows unless they're just you know, stupid, phenomenal uh, mm-hmm. for a bit. But uh, I've been hearing good things, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of interested in it, but I'm also a little scared to watch because um, it's a little, well, a little too close to home. Little, little intense. Little, little. Well, it was no Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, I, I won't even. I hate that, that one. I've heard, I hated it. I've heard even really bad things about that. It starts off so strong, you're like, ooh, this might actually have some good messages. And then, like, one in every ten messages, you're kind of like, okay, I can see why they do that. And then the other nine, you're like, oh, this is the worst. Why would they show it like this? Oh, my God. Oh, this is taking forever. And I wish it would just end just like this girl who's obviously in a really terrible place, but this is not how suicide works. Yeah. That's my rant about 13 Reasons Why. But did you guys have any news? <laughs> That's it. That's all the news. Seriously, I'm looking. I was looking through um, through various news channels that I usually have, and like you know how I usually have like really up to date news. Um, but I don't know. It wasn't. I mean, NASA reinvented chainmail. <laughs> That's like. Well, there's I mean, there's a there's kind of cooler news right now. Well, I'm getting a lot of cool news right now. So I used to work in sort of a interesting community of scientists uh, known as astrobiologists which has to do with like looking for life elsewhere in the universe and their conference is happening right now in Arizona so I'm getting a lot of like cool stuff on my feed coming from that but the uh, one that 
everybody's sort of talking about is that the Cassini probe is starting to like do dives through the rings of Saturn on its descent oh, to this. ultimately <laughs> crash into Saturn and destroy itself. Ooh. Yeah, so it, it uh, basically detected what was it like that uh, one of the moons of Saturn could or has certain things that might make it a uh, you know, potential place where life could emerge. And so they don't want to crash on it because there's the risk of contaminating it. So instead oh, they've yeah. told, they've told Cassini, okay, you're going to do some like, you know, you're basically going to deteriorate your orbit and crash the fuck into Saturn and destroy yourself. And everybody's all like sad about it. Cause everybody anthropomorphizes these uh, probes and stuff and landers and that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways. I'm just going to point out how much trouble you had pronouncing that. And anthropomorphizes. Is that it? There you go. Yep. All right. You got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I'm like, yes, like I know. Yeah. I've also um, had, had some red wine, folks. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that glass is massive. By it is. It holds about half a half a bottle. It's nice. Where's your little pitcher? Uh, I didn't have any cocktails mixed because we. it's been a few weeks since we had, uh, or like a month or something like that, since we had cocktails and cupcakes. So I don't have any like cocktails that are waiting to be consumed so instead i'm going through like all the bottles of wine that people occasionally you know bring us as gifts and that kind of thing nice i'm just you know i'm doing being, that right now too being efficient just drink whatever is on hand not not too picky mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i have this like gigantic two liter bottle of girls night out and i keep looking at it and being like, i gotta drink this at some point because someone gave it to me I love they just dropped the pretense entirely on that like it used to be called like arbor mist or whatever now it's just like this is the wine that girls drink when there's a bunch of them together. It tastes like fucking jam. Yeah. (laughs) And they're all just looking to get drunk on juice. Yeah, exactly. Cheap, cheap juice. (laughs) I can tell Mark is looking for news right now. Are you coming up with anything? Looks like, aside from the fact that like uh, Unbreakable sequel is officially announced. Yeah. And we all knew that. But yeah, which is cool. But like, we've kind of talked about that on the podcast not too, too long ago. Still super looking forward to it, though. Oh, yeah. It looks like I'm, I'm sure it'll be excellent. Mm-hmm. And then they've announced the date for the Logan black and white theatrical. Oh, they're actually yeah, releasing it in theaters. About yeah, it's getting a theatrical release. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, well, I had a couple. One was uh, that uh, Powerless, the DC comedy series, got pulled from its time slot with before the last couple episodes have uh, aired. So that is not not good for it. It hasn't been you know 100 percent canceled yet, but that's not a good sign. Yeah, no, I saw that. I have I'm way behind on that show. It didn't. I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. Like it was cutesy and like it had good little like riffs and references to DC continuity and stuff. But I was yeah. just like, I don't care about any of this right now. Like in spite of that cast, it's like I don't. It didn't do anything. Like, it wasn't. It, it wasn't funny enough to justify me keep going back keeping yeah. going back to it so wait wait was that the one with um abed and alan tudyk yep yeah oh it got pulled mm-hmm. yeah it got pulled so there's they're hoping that you know the last couple episodes will um maybe air on like hulu or something like that but uh they might air it over the summer too yeah something like that i mean i i think it was maybe i don't know there's I, just too much else going on with them um... it's also too campy like it it was just really it was its tone was so like out there yeah it, it had it had some good things but not enough like i i would have kept watching it but 
it could not sustain on me and you know my type of like hardcore DC nerd no. audience sort of thing. So no. it needed it needed a wider appeal, and it never really found that. So, but yeah, which is too bad because it's a great premise. Yeah, it is, and I think I think part of it is that the um, the lead Vanessa Hudgens she never really yeah. landed very well because um, some of the supporting cast are really good. Like Alan Tudyk's good on it; he's pretty. Funny Alan Tudyk's on hilarious it. on it. So is um, um, Abed's pretty funny on it too. Uh, yeah. Danny Danny Pudi. Um but the the chemistry just never quite. Yeah, it didn't quite gel. It. Yeah. So it had had some good components that hopefully they might sort of. Uh, you know, bring that into whatever comedy they end up trying to do next, if they ever do trying to do a comedy again. But I think this is a learning experience too, right? Because nobody's really done a comic book comedy series before. You know, there have definitely been comedic elements to some of the other shows, but uh, this is the first. Well, what about The Tick? Yeah, The Tick's tick's its own property, though. It's not like based inside of another property kind of thing. True, okay. So at least, yeah, like, the big two. I mean, Marvel, Marvel and DC at least have never done like a comedic TV show before. Really. They've never even really done like a comedic movie per se. Like the movies have comedy in them, but they're generally just like action movies. The closest yeah. thing to a straight up comedy was a Fox movie was Deadpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I guess Ant Man kind of leaned on that, but it still turned into just like another version of Iron Man. Like they all kind of do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. but Iron Man was also like at least they had like Marvel is really good about getting its comedic elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, but, um, yeah, we, that's too bad. I really liked I liked the idea of Powerless. I never got a chance to watch it, and I'm part of the problem. You are part of the problem. <laughs> uh, but in comic world, MegaCon's coming up this weekend as well, which is one of the bigger cons in the U.S. That's down in Orlando. Wasn't C two E two like last weekend? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's Chicago. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we're starting to get into con season now. Yeah, con season's up. Mm-hmm. Anime is awesome. North is coming up on uh, the May long weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. What I else? feel like you guys could do like a break off podcast against it's like um, Marvel versus DC. But both of us are like, n- neither of us really engage in that like, yeah, I, I hate DC, I hate Marvel sort of thing. Like, no, 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 no. I just think you'd have cool discussions because you yeah. always have stuff to talk about with comics. This is true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, we we definitely have like a lot of comic book yeah. stuff that we could talk about, but Tim and I, Tim and I, do both shy away from like, in spite of the fact that we are on opposite company lines, we don't like hate on the other side that much. Like, I read everything for the most part. I just kind of prefer Marvel overall, but yeah. And I uh, I've said many times on the podcast that if I had infinite time and resources, I probably would collect and read. Uh, Marvel as well, but I don't, so I don't. You chose your path long yeah. ago. Yeah, exactly. and Tim's like obsessive compulsive like mania, uh, kind of indi- like dictates the fact that he if he's going to read all hey. of one thing. <laughs> I've still got my Marvel Unlimited subscription. I still dip into those waters once in a while. Oh, I've been I've been loving my Marvel Unlimited subscription this week yeah. actually. So there was also a little bit of news about the uh, Chronicles of Narnia movie that kind of just like disappeared a while back. Uh, what? And so. The, I guess what? they're gonna make the silver chair movie and the uh, Captain the Joe Johnson who directed Captain America the first Avenger has signed on to direct it. That's exciting. Is it a whole new cast? Uh, well, Silver Chair is a different story, right? Like it's right, uh, yeah, it is. it's it's a different main character, so they don't need to go back to the original cast. Really, they can sort of just you know pick up with a with new people because Silver Chair is what it's like chronologically it's like the first book in the series i believe 
it's been a long mm-hmm. time since I read the Chronicles of Narnia book, but um, I never got to Silver Share. I've read all of them a long time ago, and I have good memories of them, but it's been a very long time since I've read them. Um, yeah, I read um, I read the first four, and that was during a summer. And then I went to um, I started working, and I just put it down and never picked it up again. Yeah, it's one of those series where they recommend like where there's sort of a recommended reading order, like they were published in a certain order. And then there's also the chronological story that the orders happen in. But then there's also, I think, a separate sort of order that people sort of recommend you read it in. Um, kind of like Firefly. Yeah, or like the idea of like with the machete cut of uh, the Star Wars movies, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I need to watch that. I heard it makes the first three actually bearable. Yeah, because it kind of puts inserts them as like a flashback in, uh, in between um, uh, Empire and Jedi. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the second and third movie. It's not even, you don't watch the first movie at all. It's unnecessary. Well, there's also a lot of fan edits now and stuff like that. Like, I think, who's it? I think it's was Topher Grace, maybe, has done a, an edit of those movies where he, let me double check that, fact check myself on that. Which one? Um, the uh, Are we talking about Star Wars? Yeah. Yes, uh, it was Topher Grace. Yeah, so he put together an edit that uh, edits all three of the prequels into one movie. Yeah. Um. And, That's what uh, I thought you were talking about. I'd love to watch that. Yeah. So it's it and it apparently makes the prequel trilogy eminently more watchable by cutting out a lot of the bullshit. I feel bad for Hayden Christensen because it ruined his career and he wasn't a terrible actor, but that part was just bull. He wasn't right for it. Well, it was bad writing, right? And it was such bad writing. The writing on those fucking prequels. You can make is... Natalie Portman sound shitty. <laughs> I mean, it's still an interesting world to me overall, like even the the trilogy like worlds and stuff like that. Like yeah. It had some really interesting elements. I'm, you know, I'm our resident prequel apologist, but uh, yeah, the right. I'm, I'm perfectly happy to admit that the writing was nowhere near as good as it was in, yeah. uh, especially Empire and Jedi. But we did get Obi Wan Kenobi with Ewan McGregor, and I was okay mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff. And Liam Neeson as Qui Gon Jinn. And the duel of the fates was fucking epic. That was awesome. Samuel Motherfucking Jackson. Yeah. Is- yep. Like, I wouldn't have my my uh, lightsaber if not for yeah if not Mace. for Mace Mace fucking Windu yeah Mace motherfucking Windu Mace motherfucking Windu <laughs> get these motherfucking stormtroopers off my motherfucking spaceship <laughs> uh, no one calls it a spaceship <laughs> X wing <laughs> Mark there was one cool thing I saw this week that wasn't necessarily news but it was uh, oh, oh fuck who was it um one of the big big wigs at Marvel basically confirmed that Marvel's or that uh, Stanley uh, Stanley's cameos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies are him basically portraying Owatu the Watcher. Are they actually they actually where did you, where did you see that? I didn't see that. Uh, I'll have to look it up and see, but I saw Listeners, it. you you can't see the excitement that just like blew up on Mark's <laughs> face. That's really cool though cuz like the, the, the Watcher factor is, like, huge into, like, Marvel lore, so... Let's see. Marvel endorses Stanley fan theory. Uh, yeah, it was oh, Kevin, nice. Kevin, Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige? Feige? Was it Feige? Yeah. yeah. Has, has endorsed the popular fan theory. So, let's see uh, what his actual quote was. Yes, we always thought it would be fun. Stanley clearly exists, you know, above and apart from the reality of all the films. So, the notion that he could be sitting there on a cosmic pit stop during the jump gate sequence in Guardians was something very fun. Uh, James had that idea, and we shot that cameo and loved it so much. You see it a couple times in the movie. It wasn't in for a long time. We put it back in towards the end of the process. Blah 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 blah. 
So that's kind of a spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy, which yeah. comes out next weekend in North America. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, and so there he's talking about the the Guardians two. Um, yeah, uh, cameo. So, oh, I'm yeah. so fucking excited for that movie. I think I might try and see it while I'm uh, while I'm in Columbus because I'll be there on Thursday night. I might, I gotta figure out when the earliest screening I can get into uh, to see it is and just get in there and see it because yeah. I'm fucking. Oh, it'll probably take me two weeks <laughs> or years. Or never. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I just will never, I'll never be able to watch Logan. You're, you know what? You get to say this to me a lot, but you're missing out. That movie is spectacularly good. <laughs> like, I'm sure that it is. I'm not, it's just, I just, I don't want to watch Xavier die. I don't want to watch Logan die. I don't want to see that happen. That's fair. But um, I was okay with Xavier dying because it was his time. Logan, as I, as I discussed on last week's episode, Logan, I think, uh, didn't need to die necessarily. No, that may have been the most positive, like talking about a movie that Dance Robot Dance has ever done. Also, I don't know yeah. how that. Like, I think we have one gripe about it, and it's really that farm scene. And like, other than that, we were like glowingly just like jerking it off the whole time we were talking yeah. about it. Really, I just I don't know anything about the farm scene except that they just didn't run when they should have run. Apparently, yes, more or less. And they caused everybody's death. Mm. That's pretty much yeah, but that's kind of just like Logan's. But that's the end of the farm scene. Like there's there's a whole other sort of section to it that uh, yeah, it's kind of pointless. It's kind of pointless and and really kills the pace of the movie a little bit. Here's a question I'll ask, and then maybe we should you know move on to Geek of the Week. But because um, thank you Tim for picking up my the news segment with my shoddy hosting. <laughs> but um, obviously it was a comic week. Uh, yeah. But would it for? X twenty four. Did they use Hugh Jackman or did they get a totally new actor? No, uh, it's, it's it's Hugh. It's, he's like digitally de aged as they mm-hmm. ha, you know as they did like for Xavier and some of the movies and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but it is him. Um, I mean, obvi- it's going to be like a stunt double in scenes where he's mm-hmm. fighting himself. But uh, for him, you know, for like X twenty four close ups and stuff like that, it would be Hugh. Well, I, okay, I, I won't lie. I YouTubed the last scene after I saw that animation that you guys put on the Facebook page. <laughs> that was Spears. That wasn't us. That Spears put on the Facebook page. Yeah, and, blame him um, for that. I just no, I loved it. Blame, <laughs> please, guys, come on. It, That's fair. It was musicals. Fine. So yeah, I was just like, it works because he's Hugh Jackman and it's sad, but it's also Hugh Jackman and he was Jean Valjean and like Miss Works and this is great and everybody's dead. <laughs> but I just I would if I had to endure. Logan for the two hours that it's on. Though I am upset I won't see Stephen Merchant's performance. Um, I uh, I just know that at that moment when she's like clinging his hand, she's like, Daddy! And then he just dies. I'd be like, ah! And everyone in the theater would be worse for my reaction. You know, you can get it online now, right? I won't do it. Yep, you can get it. Mm-mm. <laughs> get him! Get him! Um, well, here, I, I have a little bit of just fun news, which is that I have a Facebook friend who definitely doesn't listen to our podcast, but uh, that I she's a friend that I worked with at Disney World like way back when, and uh, she's actually nominated for a daytime Emmy this evening and is at the ceremony right now. What? Oh, that's cool. So she uh, does um, makeup and hair and stuff like that on a... Uh, uh, Canadian like daytime TV show like it's not like a soap opera or something like that it's like on one of the uh, like on uh, what's the Canadian like uh, the kids network like the, YTV no not YTV it's like the public like 
Channel 2, like TVO or something like that. Or, okay, yeah, yeah, TVO, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it's the Odd Squad is what it's called. Uh, that she does, And so it's sort of science fiction-y, and they got nominated for like Best Makeup and uh, for it. So, yeah. Go um, your friend. That's rad. Yeah. That's really cool. It's kind of nerdy. Um, it's a science fiction show. Anyways, let's move on. Who wouldn't want to be nominated for a daytime Emmy? Yeah, right? Um, but yeah, okay. All right. Let's do some Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Can I hear the sting? Geek of the week. Geek of the week. <laughs> we got to get Mark. Next time we do an in-person podcast, we got to get Mark just fucking sloshed before we start recording. So he'll do so this he'd... thing. Yeah. But now he's going to remember this moment and he won't. Oh, no, he will. Do I'll do it. Oh, okay. you get me drunk <laughs> enough, I'll do pretty much anything. Yeah. So We'll just line up like eight shots in front of him like yeah. right before <laughs> we start. And... Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk Geek of the Week, though. Um, Mark, why don't you start us off? You've been kind of quiet. Um, geekiest thing I did this week, I finished my Ultimate Comics run through. So I went Ultimate back. Spider Man, or were you reading more than? I went back and like I finished Ultimate Spider Man, and then I read m- m- most of the Ultimate line. Period, kind of thing. So, Jesus. Yeah. Well, comics don't take a long time to read when yeah, you're on Marvel. Must be quick reads. Eh, they're all Bendisy stuff, right? So they've got some dialogue in there, but I can plow through. Like, in an hour, I can get through, like, 30 or 40 issues, depending on, like, how much time I'm sitting there, like, spending looking at the art, so... I was gonna say, do you even enjoy it when you go that fast? I'm just reading for the story if I'm rereading it. I'm not necessarily, like... Yeah. Oh, true. Okay. So... Yeah, it takes me longer to read new issues than it does back issues, for sure. Like, back issues where I'm, like, you know, you see that page, and you have that sort of recall for the art. Yeah. uh, Kind of thing, so... Yeah. Yeah, so I whipped through most of that, and but I... the, The fun was actually getting to the end, where, like, I didn't follow through till the end of the ultimate line or past the end of the ultimate line so when the ultimate line ended i kind of like didn't really know what happened to miles morales after that so i got really into his story and then have kind of progressed into the like the mainline marvel 616 universe kind of continuity of miles morales which is really interesting like he's in and out of like he's on the avengers all of a sudden and like interacting with the new miss marvel and the new nova and all that kind of stuff it's been they got this whole like different group of legacy characters that I had completely forgotten about while we were talking about it the other day. Um, or when, when were we talking? Was it last week? We were last week about? we were talking about the ultimate. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, it might, like, might not even have been the version that aired. It might've been the, first, yeah, it might've been first on the first version. one. We were yeah. talking about like Marvel's disaster like, recording. yeah, the disaster recording Marvel's new, like uh, legacy kind of characters. And I completely forgot about the new Nova and the new Miss Marvel when we were talking about that kind of stuff. So they got this whole, young generation of Avengers kind of coming up and stuff like that that I haven't oh, yeah. really been paying attention to. And I'm like, this is actually, it's a lot of fun because like the all new, all different Avengers is like, I mean, it's just, it's Iron Man's the only like original like Avenger on the team and it's got, but it does have the Sam Wilson cap and the Jane Foster Thor like, and yeah, and then Miles and Miss Marvel and Nova are on the team as well and Vision too, so it's pretty cool. Like it's, I, I was, I, I hadn't really been like that invested in any like six one six kind of continuity stuff for a little while, and I was like, oh, actually, these books are still pretty good. So, was this all on Marvel Unlimited that you were reading all this? Yes, yeah, I went went through and just like was ripping through stuff on Marvel Unlimited, which when it when it functions properly is awesome. But like, <laughs> it likes to glitch out on the iPad every once in a while and just kind of like spin, and I'm like, yeah. Or just, like, like the the panel zoom on it kind of fucks up sometimes too and shit. Like I that. never I never use that, so yeah. I just kind of like 
if I, if I can't see something because they do a double page spread, I turn it on its side and just like move it closer to my eye, my old man eyes and like read it that way, I guess. <laughs> I had to do that with Fables when I was reading Fables on my iPad. Yeah. My mm-hmm. tablet. It's just like, ah! Yeah, the double pagers, like, that's the only problem. I, and I was almost tempted to go out and buy an iPad Pro, like the big drawing iPad Pro for that reason. Because I was like, I, I would love to be able to see the double page spreads up close yeah. and like actually look at them properly. But, but that's at just... that point, you might as well just go out and spend the money on the actual comics. Well, no, not really. The iPad Pro would come in handy for other things, I would assume, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> for, well, I mean, I think I've already mentioned on the podcast that the I specifically got the tablet that I got because, which is a Samsung... Jesus, I can't remember. It's a tab, right? Like a tab 2 or something like that? Uh, a or a note? No, not a it's... note. I can't remember what it is now, but anyways, it, I specifically got it because it was the biggest one I could get, and the screen is like almost exactly the size of a comic book page. Yeah, because I knew I was gonna use it to read a lot read of com- like the, yeah. yeah, read comics on. Uh, yeah, so. no, and that totally makes sense. Like that's an awesome way to read it. It's just that when they start doing like the double page spreads, it's like yeah. it that never fits properly because that is an odd um, aspect ratio to like sit on a screen. And then if there's if there's dialogue on it, you're just like shit i had to like zoom and flip around and stuff it's kind yeah. of a pain but not to mention the rare occasion where they'll do like a really big like fold out or something like that and then you're yeah. just totally fucked yeah they're on totally a tablet. Fucked. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but anyway. yeah all the, all the artists are like <laughs> actually christy that would be a good like if you ever wanted to read like a run of superhero books i think ultimate spider-man would be a book you would really enjoy okay i would recommend well, i still have my tablet it just takes forever to charge i'm thinking about getting the nexus 10 is that the tablet you dropped in the bathtub we're doing a lot of callbacks this week for some reason. I don't know what's going on. I thought you guys might forget about that. <laughs> no. Tim and I, Tim's got a doctorate and I'm notoriously good with my memory. So you're, there's a lot of stuff that you probably have told us that you wish we would forget that we will never forget and therefore be able to reference 200 episodes into this show. Yeah. In perpetuity. Yeah. The problem is, though, that I forget. <laughs> yeah. I forgot I did That's that. Your problem, not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> What was your geek of the week? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, well, as, as I, we started, when I started out, I've been pretty busy with work this week. So the I think the geekiest thing I probably did this week was uh, um, since we moved, uh, all of my, or I should say our, most of them are my DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff like that have been sitting in boxes in a closet, uh, mainly because we didn't have anywhere to really store them or display them. Um, so we finally like bought a big like DVD storage rack, like, uh, and I put it together last night, so I got to go through and unbox all those and put them all out, on, you know, in anal retentive order as I am want to do, and you know, al- alphabetical, except if it's a series, in which case it would go, you know, chronological order. Like I have all of the uh, Kevin Smith movies or the the Jersey trilogy movies. That was literally the question I was going to ask. I'm like, how do you sort your Kevin Smith movies? You know, Clerk, <laughs> Clerks chasing Amy, Mallrats. Uh, well, you flipped them. You flipped them already. Or, yeah, sorry. Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, uh, Dogma, uh, Jane, Silent Bob, Jane, Silent Bob, and Jersey then, Girl, uh, and then Clerks no, Two. I don't fucking own Jersey Girl. Clerks really? Two, and uh, and then the the trick there is figuring out where to put the Clerks animated series. You'd probably go right after Clerks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but everything else is uh is just. Uh, alphabetical but it was nice just to get those out and you know have like the tactile sensation like the big old like box sets like i've got the dark knight trilogy box the big box set and the big watchman box set and the big original battlestar galactica box set that comes in like the cylon head and yes. everything and 
Um, so it was nice to get all those out and displayed again. And uh, that's another one of my collections that has, you know, I don't, I don't uh, invest as much in anymore since. Yeah. But uh, do you source your mar? Do you sort? Well, I guess you probably don't have any of those on on disc. So what? My other question was, how would you sort your Marvel movies? Would you put them in alphabetical order in the collection, or would you put them uh, together? No, right. Uh, the ones that I do have are um, in uh, in alphabetical order. They're not like in order necessarily because there's not a lot. I mean, there's some threads that go back and forth through the Marvel movies, but for the most part, they're pretty self-contained. Like you can sit down and watch most of them just on their own. Yeah, like, I still like, like you don't whole need episode of you guys talking about this, like with the music. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, sense my sarcasm. <laughs> no. Like you don't need to sit there and watch all of the Phase One movies in order to sit down and watch Avengers. You don't have to, but I like to. Yeah. So. Yeah. I haven't done that actually. I um, I a lot of those movies I haven't watched since I like saw them in theaters. So that is something I've I'd seen like to do someday. All of them multiple times at yeah. this point. So. On my uh, on my want list for a while, I've had those like Phase One and Phase Two like mm. big sets that come with uh, with uh, Infinity Stones. Yeah, the big Blu-ray sets. Yeah, with the cool so, art. Yeah, yeah, I like those. So someday, but although those are expensive now, because they're not yeah. they're, you know, they're not in print anymore. Quantity, yeah. Yeah. So that was my geekiest thing was uh, getting to re re display my uh, movie collection. So is this just like you're gonna put them out so that you can pack them up in like a year and move them up to Canada? <laughs> More or less. It was a lot of it was just like we didn't we wanted to free up some room in that closet, <laughs> um, and they take up a lot less room all on the shelf than they were in like the fucking eight or ten boxes or whatever that they were filling up. So makes sense. It's also nice too now that you know that if I do want to watch a movie, I don't have to like go and find a torrent or. You know, find hope it's on Netflix. Hope it's on Netflix or hope it's on Amazon Prime or whatever. Or, uh, you know, in the rare occasion that I want to like watch um, some uh, special features or something like that, I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Chris, are you going to turn your webcam on tonight? Yeah, when I'm done eating. You're still eating? She's fucking shoving those ribs in her face. You've been eating for like an hour. My God. Um, It's been 20 minutes. We've been on for 40. She's been busy hosting shoddily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Christy, what was your geek of the week? Ugh. This week and last week, I've just had sister act rehearsals almost every night. So theater It's geeks? consuming my soul. Um, and Sorry, is that coming up soon? Is that why it's uh, taking over? In two weeks. Trying not to sound so excited. I'm not. <laughs> oh, is it not going well? No, that's not what I'm saying. It's going fine. But it's okay. You don't have to worry about anybody that you, you know, do play. No. Actually I, shared hearing this. This. I shared this. I shared this one time. And I talked to people about it last week. All right. But um, no, I um, it's not that it's not going well. And what I'm about to say, I'm going to preface with this isn't it's going to sound worse than it is. And I will explain why <laughs> I have not been a member of an ensemble, like a back character for a little while. And I've never been a lead either, but usually I'm a supporting character. So I usually have something a little more to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the ensemble, but it's a lot of dance and I'm not a trained dancer. I can move, but I'm not trained. And um, the, the choreographer has just made this like really intensive dance production and we're all supposed to be wearing habits and like she's just made us reach really high. And like it's really frustrating when you feel like you can't get something a million times. And then my the dance, the choreographer keeps putting me in the back row 
because there's so many supporting characters and leads in Sister Act Mm -hmm. that the ensemble's always in the back row. And it just kind of like, it is selfish because I kind of wish I was feeling a little bit more special once in a while. Um, Yeah, a good director will like have sort of a feature, a couple feature moments for every cast member at some point. Mm -hmm. And like, I get to be in a trio for two songs at the beginning, but I have the least lines out of the trio. I have like three lines and I mean, I'm just kind of bummed out and it's been a lot of my time and I'm starting to realize that like, unless I really love a show, I just don't have the time to put in to doing, you know, small roles for a show that I'm not huge about. Yeah. And so like, hmm? that sounds a lot like my experience with, uh, with McMaster musical theater actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, and especially with the trio stuff, like me and Eric actually, and uh, our friend Lisa were the three um, high priests in, uh, in Jesus Christ in Jesus, Superstar. In Jesus Christ Superstar. And uh, did you see that production? Or was that that was probably before you came to Mac? It was before I came, but okay. I remember um, hearing about it. Yeah. And uh, like when it started out, like Eric and I were, you know, like we auditioned like everybody and we're like, you know, there's so many good roles here. Maybe we can finally get like a lead role or supporting role or something like that. And then both of us get this kind of like throwaway, like, hear your comic relief kind of role. Yeah. And Eric and I entirely understand that that's happens because of our body types in particular, because we're not, you know, tall dashing guys or, or Mm -hmm. live, live gentlemen or, you know, really great dancers or whatever. Um, Yo preach. Cause like, that's the only, the only lead I've ever had was Kate monster. And that's because I was playing a puppet. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I, f- I feel your pain is what I'm saying. And I mean, it was the same for me. Like the only reason I was doing those shows, not that I didn't have a good time and like, you know, meet some fun people and stuff like that. But the only reason I did those shows for MMT was because it was a couple of my favorite musicals. Like I did Tommy, which is maybe my favorite musical of all time. And mm-hmm. Jesus Christ Superstar, which is another. And I love that, like out of all musicals, like rock operas are my favorite type. And so to get okay. to do like two rock operas back to back was a lot of fun, even though I wasn't in like a lead role in them. You've literally named the two what I would call musicals that I am able to sit through without wanting to hang myself. Yeah. This is why you're friends. Yeah. Um. This is why Mark didn't fit in at my birthday. To be fair, but, in, um, in, it uh, is definitely part of the reason why I didn't fit in at your birthday. In, in Tommy, I got some really good lines though because I was <laughs> one of the two soldiers uh, that comes in and tells uh, Mrs. Walker that her husband's dead. And that's a great, oh. like, little bit. That's a good little the, bit, yeah. Captain Walker didn't come home. And then I also... You've never seen Tommy? Holy shit. <laughs> I also got to do the uh, the opening to um, Pinball Wizard. So it was oh, actually nice. Eric. Oh, that's or, rad. It was Humper, Eric, who was doing the guitar bit, the uh, acoustic guitar bit. And then I was, you know, the... Since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. That was, that yep. was my bit, too, so... From Soho down to yeah. yeah, I still I remember Eric practicing that and like making me drum for him, like yeah. while he was practicing it over and over again. And I was just oh, he like, fu- he fucking nailed that bit. Oh, he had it down pretty yeah. good. Yeah, those doing those uh, those Keith Moon fills though, like yeah. holy shit, keeping up with that guy is not an easy task. <laughs> Can you just play straight? Yeah. Play straight. God, stop filling. No, not Keith Moon. You don't need to fit 18 fucking hits into this one beat. Oh, fuck. He's a goddamn monster. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, you get it. It's not that an ensemble part isn't fun, but it's a music, a musical you're not incredibly passionate about. Mm. It's kind of like, mm. yeah, I could be doing and so much with this time. 
And yeah, like I could be focusing on improv, which is something I really want to do. Yeah. Or I could be, um, you know, uh, focusing on this podcast instead of being away or being too tired or having period cramps from stress and like, yeah. things like that. Or I could be in a massage circle with a bunch of like, you know, college age uh, dancers or something like that. That's generally exactly. what I would like occupy my time with when I was uh, <laughs> when I was in those in those place i feel like i missed out apparently yeah, yeah you did. it's a good time <laughs> uh, i was always in like see like my only performance thing is like being in a band so it's like being like um, i'm so used to being had even more fun than we did what's that the fro which is the pit band oh and... no no i don't talk about being in a pit band i'm talking about, like an actual band we had our fun but like you're you're as the drummer you're always kind of like that support guy so you just that's just kind of the role you play mm-hmm. so yeah you're the one who has to show up two hours before everybody else does because you have 500 <laughs> pieces of gear to lug in. Yeah. And then the yeah. singer comes in and is like, oh, I had to carry this microphone all the way over here. I was like, I'm going to fucking run you over. <laughs> Took me so long to get this pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, my point being after this very long story it was that I, um, I haven't had time to do what I really want to do. So all I've wanted to do is play Dragon Age. So when I beat Dragon Age, I can play Mass Effect or Zero Dawn or Horizon Zero Dawn. You can be disappointed by Mass Effect. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I still, that's the one thing I really, when you start Horizon Zero Dawn, tell me and we will start it at the same time because I I have it sitting there. I, I haven't, had the need since I finished Breath of the Wild to kind of dive into another like yeah, was sprawling was open world. Um, but um, we should no, just, I'll finish, let you know. just beat the last Divine Beast. Oh, nice. Um, She's getting good close. for Alicia. <laughs> um, but no, like I, I will gladly play that at the same time. You'll beat it before I do. But I, um, I uh, Mark and I, this is pretty geeky. Mark and I have decided we need a second PlayStation Four <laughs> because we have so many games to go through. Yeah, and so um, that's probably my geekiest thing. Don't you already have two Xbox Ones in your house? Yeah. Yeah. Bones. That's not yeah, so X-Bones. bad considering that's your fucking husband or not husband boyfriend's. Uh, <laughs> close enough. Boyfriend's career. No, we, actually, this is um, <laughs> this. Uh, is that a sore spot? This, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no. Um, Embarrassing I stories with Christy. <laughs> Embarrassing ongoing stories of Christy, apparently, because she's having it hawing over there now. Bring me a paper towel. <laughs> and a ring, possibly. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, no. God, I wish you could see your face right oh, now. Oh, so do I. Turn your webcam on. I will in a minute. Um. How red are you right now? On a, on a scale of one to cherry Kool Aid. One, one to tomato. Oh my god! Like half past um, tomato. I um well, we got the uh, insurance cards from my from work today. Yeah. And Mark says spouse card. <laughs> and he was like, "That's weird." And I was like, "Yeah, you're weird." But um, <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh, that's so weird. I'm your spouse." And I was like, "Yeah, baby, you want to reap these benefits? You got to be married to me." And then like. Because we're common law, technically, yeah, in yeah. the eyes of the university. Well, how long have you guys lived together? Uh, two years, almost. Well, then you're common law in the eyes of the fucking Not, government. No, no, no. Actually, it's three years for most. Yeah. Um, I think two, two. I thought it was two years. I thought it was two, yeah. Point, but I'm um, far from an yeah, I think it used to be two years, and then it went to three because um, it's pe- people still break up quite a bit after two years. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Is that a hint? <laughs> no, no, no. no. 
Um, but Mark Spoilers. told me this weekend yeah. <laughs> um, that he wants kids in the next two years. Oh. And I was like, oh, my ovaries just screamed. They're not ready for this. <laughs> They're not ready. No. They're, They're totally, totally pumped. pumped. That's awesome. <laughs> they're not they're not ready they're not ready for this let, let it be known that, that we did not you know request that christy christy's relationship yeah she just kind of it she, started she's totally volunteering this information yeah ha 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 but you guys what's oh right it's that episode of how i met your mother when marshall's dad dies he's like i'm not ready for this that's what my ovaries are saying <laughs> except nice. you know it's not because someone died it's because life is going to happen in there in the next few years but he wants to have babies before he's 40 which i get but i'm only gonna be 31 he's got you know his seed will be good forever what what'd you say we're about to have a fucking domestic on the podcast here i think no mark's just said he can still get his pecker up and i was like <laughs> not for long yeah. <laughs> nah, there's always a there's always the blue pill yeah, it's gonna he's gonna be one of those uh, guys on the commercials pretty soon. There she is. Looks, Webcam looks so Christine's sad. back. You didn't even get me ice cream. What a dick! <laughs> I bought it for you. I bought you the ice cream. I bought you the ribs. I bought you the mashed potato or the sweet. The think I'm gonna potato. bury your child? Yeah, I'm not gonna bury your child if you can even bear me ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that's what was that? that's totally a similar burden. Three and a half I'm going to be the, I'm gonna be the worst hosts. pregnant lady. Ask Mark what's up. Like, just, just say what's up to Mark. Like, tell him we said hey. They, they say hi. <laughs> Close come, the door. Come back on the show sometime. We won't call you Mark number two. No, we'll call you something I else. Believe you. We'll come up with another name. <laughs> yeah. Call him baby daddy. Yes. Um, <laughs> that would make you uncomfortable, no. which would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he talks about it, I just like gollum. him. like... <laughs> But um, oh my god, that was I, a good one. Yeah, you, did you get it? Yeah, I got it. Fuck. <laughs> I thought I would get out of it quick enough. What the wants of Brussels? Chip is away from us. It's bones. The bubbles. The bubbles. The semen it bones. <laughs> what's what's semen, precious? I know my eyes are hurt, but you don't need to shoot at that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how babies are made, Tim. That's the opposite of how they're made. You don't know how golems reproduce, Christy. <laughs> Could be in the eyes. Yeah. And clay. Yeah. Um, I'd make a cute little golem, I think. <laughs> you gonna you gonna cosplay that sometime? Oh come, my god, that'd be the cutest cosplay. Con, you can uh, you can cosplay a sexy golem. Sexy golem. Well, Alicia, Everywhere, like a. You could do that with Alicia because Alicia has a sexy Gandalf costume. She did a. I don't think a, Alicia a wants female... me to hang out with her though. I think I think she'd be down for it if you were to do a sexy Gollum. Ugh. I don't know how that would work. Like Gollum with breasts, just so weird, so weird. Yeah, you'd have to have a, a second loincloth, a breast cloth. A breast cloth would be so gross. <laughs> Oh, and I just have to like crawl around on the gross floor that yeah, has all nerd gross on it. Yeah, but they keep those carpets pretty clean. Yeah, can you guys imagine a little DRD baby? <laughs> Do we get to name him? You'd qualify no. for Geeks with Kids finally. 
Yes. Oh, you're right. I'd have to leave you guys and go to Geeks with Kids. I don't mm. think that's necessarily true. <laughs> no, you didn't. Have, you wouldn't have to. The, yeah, I don't think it's like a sentence. I'd get parent brain, and I'd be like on their wavelength. Anyway, all right. So speaking of golems and things, um, we're gonna jump to the meat of the episode. What? Meat Hail. of the episode. Pale-colored, two-faced meat? Is that what we're doing today? Pale-colored, two-faced meat? Where the yeah, hell are we talking about Gollum. It's Gollum. Oh, I was like... Actually, we're, we're doing more uh, pas- pastel-colored meat. Gross. That's gross. <laughs> but, like, um, like, the, yeah. like the unicorn frappuccino. I haven't uh, tried that. Topical. Is it good? Uh, I, had, I had one. It was pretty good, yeah. Yeah? I heard that you should switch the mango for raspberry, and it makes it good. Yeah, it was fine with the mango. Um, it's gone but, now. Um, it yeah, it's, it's yeah. gone like the unicorns. It's not gone yet. Oh yeah, it is. Is it? It was only at least in the U.S. It was only here for like uh, five days or something, like the nineteenth to the twenty third, and that was it. And most places oh, sold out of the stuff to make it like well before that because Instagram. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh god. They had them at the UW campus, but I didn't get one because I didn't want to walk shamefully back to the office holding the unicorn. <laughs> Oh, I, I fucking held mine in with pride. I don't, I don't give a shit. I um, no, I, you know what it was? I just didn't want to take the calories in that it was. That was the only yeah. reason I didn't get one. I just, it was going to be so intense. Yeah. They were all I mean, over my new office that, like, during that week. It was yeah. pretty intense. There, there was I a lot of people that a were a single on... guy holding one though. It was always well, you saw my. F- I I had one. I put I put no, it up on Facebook. Yeah, it's true. I think guys tried them more quietly. Possibly. Guys but, that guys that are not confident in their masculinity. No, I wouldn't even say that. I just think that in general, um, men are not as insane about Instagram on the whole. That's true. They're less Instagrammy. Yeah. Also, Starbucks. Like, I haven't actually been inside a Starbucks in like I don't even know how long. Like I don't live for I'm Starbucks. Not a coffee guy. So Starbucks is my office. Like fucking twenty percent of the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people like that too, but. Most of them are shitty freelance designers, so <laughs> or or quote unquote authors. Oh, yeah, off. guys, if you're gonna be a shitty freelance designer, just go to like an upscale coffee. Yeah, shop. don't go to the main. Yeah. <laughs> go to Timmy's. Guys, that's, that's it's funny. ironic. Yeah, that's so. I actually have a friend who goes to Timmy's and writes. He likes their coffee though, so that's the reason he goes. I love. I, don't. I love Timmy's tea. Their steep tea. Timmy's does have. Oh, the steep tea. Okay, meat of the episode. Meat of the episode, people. We are. How far into this podcast are we right minutes. now? Fifty-five minutes. We're not 55 too bad. Fifty-five minutes. That's fifty-five minutes, but like, four, like twenty of those minutes are me talking about babies or musical <laughs> theater. Yeah. So, well, what? What? Um, do you, what do you got? A fucking sister act uh, rehearsal to go to that you don't want to be at? Tomorrow at ten a.m. We're not. Uh, <laughs> I think the the best part of this podcast. Is us doing bullshit and rambling yeah. about nothing anyway. So yeah. and tangenting. I yeah. just uh, it's not that I don't like Sister Act. It's just like it's the the process leading up to the show is always just like Yeah, especially for like chorus members, that sort of thing. It's you're just half the time you're just sitting there backstage being like, All right. And you're I not allowed do? to talk, right? So you're just kinda yeah. like burp, 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 Or answer burp. your cell phone. Yeah, I'm not allowed to look at myself. Really? Yeah. That week that I Shit. needed her backup, I took me like an extra day to get it because Christy was like locked in a rehearsal and couldn't answer. Her they phone. don't let you fucking check your phone if you're just doing nothing. Well, they've gotten a little bit better, but there was a little while there where they were pretty pissed because like two people missed their entrances because they were on their phones. <laughs> and it's like 
it was just practice and like it wasn't like they were being rude or anything. We just, you know, were bored. Yeah. I don't think I was I wasn't one of the people that they were um yeah, people were just they were getting frustrated. Here's the thing though, isn't this all voluntary? They're not paying you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of the problem, is that like you, you get what you, you don't want you don't really want to like take the shit of like the prod team sometimes, but at the same time, unless you do and like you 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 know, you do have to have some give and take because they do have the power to like veto you from a company. Like when I was in, um, this is all news to me. I have no idea. Yeah. There's so much fucking drama in, yeah, really it's politics. Yeah. It's politics. Dra- dr- like, there's drama that happens inside of a play situation. Community drama theater, kids? especially. Yeah. Drama kids are dramatic. Yeah. Oh fuck off. But the, it's, <laughs> you know what it is? It's more that like it's not that like individually prod teams are usually like they're really nice people but when they get down to it like it's not usually about you it's more about the stress that they're feeling when something doesn't come together mm-hmm. and because they're so separate they don't tend to like recognize how hard you're working because it just doesn't look right so we have a prod team of like eight people so everyone is always watching constantly and it's just too many cooks in the kitchen and they know that we know that and it's just it's a lot but yeah, I have to be there for five hours tomorrow and then eight on Sunday. Oh. Out of which you'll probably actually be doing anything useful for one hour, maybe. No, we're doing review on Sunday, so I'll be dancing the whole day. But it's just like, it's mm-hmm. exhausting. I just want to have a weekend. And I was thinking, like, I'm going to audition for Into the Woods in June. But I'm starting to think maybe I won't do it. Even though it's like dream role, I'm, uh, I think I can wait. Another couple of years till it comes back potentially. Why don't you try it? And if you don't get that role, then just don't. That's do the it. idea. That's what I'm gonna do. Because like, if it's worth if it's worth it to because I get one of the three roles that I really want, then I'll do it. Because that was the show I got kicked out of, and like it's been like the dream to do it. That sounds like a story. Have I not told you that story? No. Ugh. Okay. Well, I'll tell this quick, and then we'll we'll move on to the meat of the episode. <laughs> Sorry, this is just like story time with Christy. Um, you 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 were MIA last week. We missed you. Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what you, this is what happens when we all get together. We all fucking egg you egg you on to tell embarrassing stories. Yeah, exactly. Pa- Paul doesn't actually, Paul doesn't isn't comfortable enough to do that yet. He'll get no, there. Trust me. <laughs> actually, I am thinking about doing a um, podcast on the side called Embarrassing Stories with Christy. No, that's this podcast. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's no. the subtitle like... of Dance Robot Dance. Yeah. <laughs> no, this would just be like, I would get people in the same room and for half an hour, we'd just tell embarrassing stories. That could just be bonus episodes of Dance Robot Dance. <laughs> yeah, basically. No, it's not the same. It is totally the same. It would just be me and I'd have you guys on once in a while, but it would be me like with people in Hamilton. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, now you, now we're not good enough for you. Is that what you're trying no. to say? We're not as no. good as the Hamilton people. That's exactly what I'm saying. She wants her drama She wants her drama kids to like hang those, out and do a podcast. You know, you know those yeah, bougie exactly. Hamiltonites. Bougie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this will this will last until she realizes she has to edit the thing before she puts it out. <laughs> Mark, 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 I took sound editing when I was in university. I'm well aware of that, but you're actually do you want to put it in the work? Yeah. All right. I used to edit. I do. I look I do forward to being on a podcast that do I wanna, don't have to edit. <laughs> do you want to do this instead of playing Dragon Age? Well, there you go. <laughs> think about that then. Meat of the episode. <laughs> Meat of the episode. Okay, we'll we'll skip my story for another time. Oh no! Wait, um, sorry. Go ahead, tell your story. Oh no! It it just sucked. Like it was MMT, and I was like, 
I was best friends with this girl who was directing and she'd like, you know, she'd cast me as the baker's wife in Into the Woods. And I was super excited. And this was years ago. So like the fact that I still harbor resentment is really sad. But um, she and I were really, really close, the director. And like she would stay at my house, my apartment multiple times a week, kind of close. And um, I missed a rehearsal. I was two hours late for a rehearsal one time because I'd been in, um, involved in a uh, riot um, where I had worked because I used to work as a bar as a photographer and um, in Hess. And this riot broke out and I'd gotten kicked and punched and I'd saw two guys get hit by and run over by a car. So I was in like shock. Jesus. And um, I'd called her like three. Riot at Hess. It was a couple of years ago. Um, and like it was about 150, 200 people like screaming and running around at Hess Street. And um, I I was in shock. So I called her at like three and I did like the stereotypical, like I was in the shower, like crying at 3.30 in the morning, just like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> um, and so I asked her if I could be a bit late for the rehearsal the next day because I needed to sleep so I could actually, you know, be functional. And I ended up being an hour later than I said it would be by accident just because I, I, my alarm didn't go off. She was really pissed about that. But, you know, I apologized and told her, you know, this, this is, a, you know, a mistake. It won't happen again. I, I just was really thrown by yesterday, blah, blah, blah. So a day later, I realized I had Mary Poppins tickets. Um, my dad had bought us for like, uh, he bought them for my whole family like six months earlier. And Mary Poppins was a big deal because it was my mom's favorite movie and like next to While You Were Sleeping. And she used to sing Feed the Birds to us before we went to sleep every night. So it was like a big, yeah, it was like a really big thing. You know, that was and, Walt's favorite song as well? Yeah. We would, yeah. we would have the Sherman Brothers come in on like Friday afternoons and play it for him. That's so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Feed the Birds was like this big thing in my family. And like Mary Poppins was a big thing. So I emailed my stage manager like I was told to do, not email the director who was my friend. And I told him like, I'm really, really sorry. I totally forgot I had um, tickets to Mary Poppins. Um, I hope five days is enough notice. Please just, you know, I'll I'll work on all my songs. I'll come in extra time if you need me to. I have all my lines memorized. I had my lines memorized two weeks into the show. Like, I was, I was way ahead of the game. So the day I go, ends up the stage manager never told the director. Uh-oh. She's calling me, like, seven, eight times while I'm in the theater. And... I uh, get out of the theater, and I have eight messages, all of them getting progressively angrier because I think the stage manager was too afraid to tell her that he'd messed up. So he blamed me, and I get this call. It's like, if you don't come back to Hamilton now, you're out of the show. And so I leave Toronto, leave my family right after Mary Poppins, and rush back to Hamilton and I'm walking to her house and I'm like, I'm on my way, I'm on my way, I'm so sorry, let me just talk to you about this. She goes, I don't actually, I've changed my mind, I don't think it's a good idea if you come over. I was like, uh, she was like, we need some time to think about this and your future with this company. I was like, what? So, yeah, went out with a friend to go see the Muppet movie and when I get out of the Muppet movie, I got this call and it was the producer telling me I was out of the show because my attitude was bad. And I had no warning, nothing. I should have contested it, but I was just in such shock. Like, it, I'd been already removed from the Facebook group by the time they called me. Everyone was told they weren't allowed to talk to me about it. They weren't allowed to talk to me anymore. So um, much drama. Yeah, it was devastating. And then the next day, 
I was at work and I worked at the print shop at Mac and the producer who fired me comes into my work and prints off posters advertising my part. And oh, on the Jesus. posters that they put up all around McMaster, it said looking for a baker's wife with the right attitude. Oh, Oof. that's pretty shitty. Yeah. Theater, theater nerds can be petty as fuck. Okay. They, hurt, they, like, they, they, they get like huge, like fucking egos and oh, superiority complexes. And, yeah. I, yeah. I had it. Like, so you're, you're, you're still great friends with that girl, right? No. No, really? She That's surprising. Actually, I, it's unfortunate because, like, she she's gotten better apparently, like, than being like that. But she was, uh, she hurt a lot of people. I think she realized it a couple of years ago. But like, um, she I wasn't the only person she did that to, um, over the years. And then, um, yeah, it ends up. I had a couple of friends tell me that they couldn't be friends with me anymore because she was she didn't want them to hang out with me. Um, I wasn't allowed at my, one of my best friend's houses because they lived together. I, w- I was banned from the house. I wasn't allowed to any of the parties. Jesus. And this is like, you know, it was bullying, but I, I, I just was so, I was so like, I was, I was like, I'm 23 years old. This is shouldn't bullshit. be happening. Yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. Um, and, uh, I think things are better now, but like, she and I just kind of have this unspoken agreement that I don't do her shows and she doesn't come do shows that I'm in. Yeah. But it's sad because like, and that's kind of what goes back to my original point is that like you can only do, um, you, you can't be nasty to anyone in community theater because you will be blacklisted. Yep. And it's a weird anomaly that you have to get along with like everybody. Yeah, it's so weird. The- there's, there's, yeah. Lot, again, a lot of drama and drama, a lot of egos and shit like that. For which, when you Something look at the broad fun. picture of it, with that it's fucking community theater, there should not be that level of fucking ego involved. I know it should just be a good time. Yeah, I I've got a lot of stories like that too. Not necessarily ones that I was personally involved in, but uh, well, I'll I'll maybe leave those for another time. Mm-hmm. We should have like a theater discussion. <laughs> yeah, one one of these times when Mark can't be on. You, me, and Paul will have like a theater episode. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, be sick next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark is going to be mysteriously poisoned next week. He'll be, would you say, hit by someone named Captain Minor Inconvenience? <laughs> you almost missed me this week, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, car. Yeah. Shame how that happened. <laughs> I knew it, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> How did you know Mark, I was at Long and McQueen? Mark was already awake, and or Paul was already awake and ready to yep. get on the podcast. And he totally You he had to get up. your fucking car fixed. <laughs> he was up. Some guy hit it with a hammer. Yeah. Should have just taken out the muffler. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get to the meat of the episode. Let's do that. It's almost 10 o'clock. It's almost 10 o'clock. And I want to go to bed in 40 minutes. So um, It's a weird specific be... bedtime. I know. But what we're going to be talking about today is uh, we're going to talk about our favorite Easter eggs that we have found in, like I said at the beginning of the episode, in movies, um, television, and video games. And Easter eggs um, are not the the eggs that you find with bunnies, though this would have been a great episode for an Easter. We're two weeks late. Yeah, Two weeks late. Just like pregnancy. Um, but um, Just like Christy is. is. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> oh my god. I poop my pants a lot. Um, I hear that happens Easter sometimes eggs. when you're. Sometimes. Um, when you have a bad fever and you're wearing tights. But um... I-, I was gonna say when you're having a baby, but thanks for that throwback, Christy. She remembered that one, eh? That's good. <laughs> I'll never forget the time I pooed my pants. It makes me relatable. <laughs> but anyway. So Easter eggs, for those of you who don't know, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know what Easter eggs are. Go like find some. You've made a huge mistake with your time. Um, <laughs> Easter eggs are little things that developers so or um, writers and um, designers leave for their fans within um, specific parts of games or movies or, or shows or books. We're not going to talk about books today. but We should probably um, specify records because there's stuff that I want. Okay, we're gonna any any record. media, any media. <laughs> but the whole idea is that um, it's for the diehard fans who really want to go look and find um, the special things that have been left for you. And you know, today's day and age with like YouTube and everything, it's pretty easy to find Easter eggs. But a couple years ago, before um, everyone was posting everything online, it was a really special experience to go and find something that. Um, you know, it, it felt secretive, you know, and you didn't want to tell other people in case they hadn't found it yet. You didn't want to spoil it for them. It was like a treasure hunt. Yeah. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our favorite Easter eggs, where we found them, how we found them, um, and uh, what, why they were so cool to us specifically. And um, yeah, if we have a couple, uh, couple honorable mentions, we'll just not tell you where to find them, but um, send you on a little Easter egg hunt of your own. So, gentlemen, let's get started. Um, Mark, you seem ready to go. Why don't we talk about your records first, or your, your, your top one first? I have two top ones, but I think the one that you'd be the most interested in. Um, have you heard the uh, 0110 theory, the Radiohead thing? We talked about this on an episode. When we Did we talk about, about it on the episode? When we talked about Kid A, I think. Cause was, it, was it Kid A that was one of your Kid A is a different thing. Now, on so your this album is the list, thing. No, it was Pardon? in Rainbows. Oh, in Rainbow. Yeah, mine right. was in Rainbows. Right. Um, Kid A has a completely separate Easter egg to it, um, which we can talk about too. Radiohead's really fond of doing this kind of stuff. Um, I think the one zero, like the in Rainbows, OK Computer Easter egg is the most interesting one because it actually mm. like involves the music. Um, so like, I don't know if we actually how in depth we got into this. I don't remember talking about this, so I apologize if we're repeating ourselves. That whatever. Um, like those two albums are actually released ten years apart. And there's hints in the artwork for In Rainbows and the way that, like, the album art is designed and stuff like that that hints that it is a companion piece to OK Computer. Mm. And if you take the track list and set it up so that it's every second track is, like, it's, like, you start with track one of uh, OK, Computer, OK Computer and, and then, then track put track one, one of In Rainbows yeah. up to the point where you get to Fitter Happier and Karma Police. You leave those two tracks side by side. My my fucking phone just woke up when I said track one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the Google app wants to help me with track one. Yeah. Um, and then you play it through. They all seg together as like one big thing. And thoughts that are contained in certain songs like will continue into the next song. Keep in mind that these albums are recorded 10 years apart. So like there's little musical interlude or like little musical stops and starts that go from song to song across the two albums that... You wouldn't notice regularly, but all of a sudden it's like, wait, that was from OK Computer, and then they lead, let it lead into this song on In Rainbows that's not related to the song that it was led into before. So it's just one of those things that, like bands like Radiohead and another one that I'm going to talk about later do, 
where they obviously spend way more time in the studio fucking around and doing weird stuff and allowing that kind of stuff to happen. But is that one confirmed? It's kind of, yes. There's all kinds of, like, um, articles about it. But, like, and Tom York has made passing reference to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's never come out right and said, like, yeah, we did this. But, like, he's been like, it's there's something in there for you to find. So go find it. And everybody mm-hmm. assumes that it's this. Because a lot of the, I've listened to it, and, like, I can hear interludes. You're supposed to crossfade everything by 10 seconds, which I've never actually sat down and done. Well, I mean, you can, there, you can find, like, YouTube videos and stuff like that where people have done, yeah, done it how I, we're supposed to do it. And that I was listening to one today um, in preparation for this, and it does work. I just didn't get to do the whole thing because I was at work, unfortunately. But, like, going from Body Snatchers to Subterranean, like, you definitely can tell that there's, like, there's something going on there. Like, there's some kind of thought or like tonal shift that's distinctly meant to kind of jive together whether it be intentional or not is up yeah. to debate i guess because not like radiohead radiohead's notorious for like we're not going to confirm anything we're just going to let it go kind of thing so it turns yeah. into this huge story and whatever hmm. um yeah but they've done it they've done a couple things like that have you do you have kid a on cd uh no i think i don't think i do oh uh maybe i do let's look my cds are right here yeah, if you have Kid A on, on CD, that would be it would be interesting for you to... I'm not sure if you would actually have found oh, it. I do. Yeah, I do, do have. Open it up. Where the fuck's my copy of OK Computer? That's a, uh, that's a question yeah, I've for got, a different time. I've got Kid A on CD. Yep, open it up. Have you opened the tray up? No, I never opened the tray up. Pull the, tra- pull the tray out. All right. Video gags on this audio podcast. Hey, there's some artwork there. There's an extra booklet in there. No, there isn't. Is it not in there? Not in mine. Just just the fucking insert. Horseshit. Unless it's in the original pressing. Of... In the original pressing, the there was a completely separate booklet included under the tray that had artwork that a lot of people think prophesies 9-11, which is nonsense, but like also had the lyrics for songs that were going to be on Amnesiac and Hail to the Thief mm. going ahead of time. Yeah. So um, Radiohead likes doing these little hidden things. Yeah, I don't know when I got this, if it was an original pressing or whatever. So I have mine mine definitely has it in there. I remember pulling it out the day it came out. Because the, the tray was different. It wasn't like a standard C D tray. It was a little lifted and me and my buddies were like, That looks weird. So I, I pried it open and was like, Oh shit, there's an extra booklet in there. That's no, cool. My copy of Kid A does not have that. Oh, that's too bad. You can look it up online. Well, I looked it up um... online beforehand. But so that was my first one. Christy looks like she's not paying attention. <laughs> no, I I wasn't really. Um... <laughs> Honesty. Yeah. <laughs> but um only because um I have no reference to that at all. Just like I've only I haven't listened to a million Radiohead albums. I listen to it sporadically, so like the fact I can't put that together in my brain. Yeah, it's neat though. You should give it a shot. Like go on Spotify yeah. and just like make a shuffle playlist that like goes like does that alternating pattern. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then listen, give it a listen. You can you can hear some stuff that seems to fit together one way or the other. It's interesting. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sure if it's actually intentional or not, but a lot of people are on the internet saying that it is. So it's it's an interesting theory that they would take the time to go in while they were recording a completely separate album and hint mm-hmm. back to a ten year old album. Actually, yeah. very timely because the twentieth anniversary of OK Computer is coming up this year. Yeah, it yeah. is this year. So, and they, I guess, there's posters going up in places where they're hinting they might do like some kind of tour or something. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen a little bit of a little bit of buzz about that. There's been some stuff about Radiohead getting ready to do something in regards to OK Computer's 20th anniversary. So yeah, timely a timely album at this point. Anyway, <laughs> indeed. Oh. Chris, are you going to host the episode, or do you want to? <laughs> I, was waiting, I was just listening to you guys talk. You said indeed, and I was waiting to see if there are any more comments. But Tim, why don't you tell us your first one? Uh, so if, I didn't necessarily put mine in any sort of order, except that the first one that I had listed was the first one that I can really remember sort of experiencing, so kind of my first Easter egg. Uh, I wanted to say that these sometimes when we do these sort of list episodes, uh, I'll go, you know, let's be completely honest there have been times where we've gone and like looked at lists and shit like that yeah. in order to be like hey let's jog our memories and find some good ones to talk about but in this case I, I was able to pull like five of these pretty easily just straight of my own like memory and experiences so yeah. the first one was the uh terminator 2 ultimate edition dvd had a whole bunch of fucking cool uh, easter eggs on it i remember that um so this so is kind of how dare you you took mine <laughs> this is kind of like the late 90s um uh, where you know DV- people were really sort of start starting to explore that sort of like DVD media and the stuff you could do with it, and uh, this one was really cool and also kind of notable for its complexity. So basically, when you went to the special edition menu screen, you would type in the date of Judgment Day, which was eight twenty nine ninety seven, and it would allow you to play an extended edition of the movie that included the original ending. So, like, there was already multiple versions of the movie on the on the DVD. Like, there was a theatrical cut and then, like, a, a director's, cuts yeah, director's cut or something like that. But then this had even more scenes. So, it had some, like, deleted scenes cut back into it and stuff like that, too. Um, so, the, in, the original ending had, like, basically sort of an epilogue that was, like, Sarah Connor, 30 years in the future. John Connor is a senator. And uh, they've gone past the date that Judgment Day was supposed to happen and nothing happened. So, obviously, they sort of, like, saved the future. Um, so she's just sitting on a bench, like sort of recounting her experiences with the Terminator. But, uh, that one, I thought, I mean, that, that was a huge one, right? Because like, that was a whole different version of the movie that you could only find if you knew what the code was and knew like what screen to put it in on. Um, but that, that movie had a bunch or that DVD in particular had a bunch of other ones in there as well. So I think DVD Easter eggs in particular, they're kind of a dying breed now since dvds unless it's a really big movie don't really get huge uh like physical releases anymore yeah um like stuff like star wars and like the marvel movies well yeah, and even those don't have that kind of hidden stuff on them anymore like everything's mm-hmm. pretty upfront. like you don't see those like because i know like fight club had a bunch of uh yeah. easter eggs on the on the dvd and so did uh i think seven did as well like fincher was big on that kind of stuff yeah yeah. And I think the Dogma DVD, like if you get the like the original like two disc version of it, had a yeah. bunch of extra shit on there. Yeah. Um, but but like that one was particularly difficult to find because a lot were just like if you kept clicking around the menu, you would mm-hmm. find like something hidden and you could click on. But in that case, you had to put in this particular code in this particular order in order to make it work, kind of thing. And yeah. it wasn't like wasn't really intuitive. It was basically just through like word of mouth or like going online, kind of thing that you could yeah. figure out that this existed. Chrissy, did I st- was that yours? Did I steal or did you have no, a different one? No, no, I thought you said the same movie at the beginning. So okay. no, I actually haven't seen Terminator. Really? Really? Terminator Two? That's one of the no. best science fiction movies ever. I know. We should watch it. We should totally we watch. Should it. watch it. But no, I thought for a second I thought you said something else, and I'll explain why when it's my turn. It is your. Turn. Well, it's your turn now. Is it my Unless turn? Unless anybody yeah. has any, anything else to say about T Two. 
Judgment Day. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's a cool though. The, like dun, 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 they just dun, had dun, that. Um, I like that they made it the the Judgment Day numbers. That's cool. Yeah. Um. No, what I thought you said at first was Lord of the Rings. No, there yeah. there are some good ones on those movies. Though, There's too. some great ones in there. Yeah. And I was gonna say my personal favorite is um, I don't even remember how I found it. I wish I did. So they'll have people have to go like find it themselves if they can on the special edition. Um. In, um, and this is on Fellowship DVD, right? Ray. Like, not the yeah. Blu-ray? Like, you probably this can't is DVDs. Okay. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, well, depending on what she says, I don't know if there are much in the way of Easter eggs on the Blu-ray releases. No, I have the DVDs. Okay. Um, and um, I remember finding, uh, by accident, actually, because I, I scoured those things to see if <laughs> I could find all the, the Easter eggs, because um, I was in love with those movies and Elijah Wood and... Um, Billy Boyd and um, Sean Austin and all those people. But um, I freaked out when I found the Elijah Wood um, Dominic Monaghan prank where um, Dominic Monaghan calls Elijah Wood and has him come in as if he's like a German reporter and just <laughs> asks him all these obscene and ridiculous questions. And Elijah Wood's falling for it for about <laughs> 75% of the interview. And he just starts laughing because he doesn't know if this is serious at one point. And he's just like, ah, what's happening? And he like looks at the camera a number of times just like. What do I say? Yeah. Because yeah. Dominic Monaghan's playing this like really obnoxious German reporter. Um, and he's just like, uh, you have beautiful eyes. Uh, do you find. I'm trying to remember exactly what he said because it's been years. But. Um, he just like tells him how beautiful he is and he's like you dated a german model and elijah was like yes yes i did he goes you are engaged to her he's like no he goes yes yes you are you have baby did you know that she has baby that looks like you (laughs) like elijah was just like no 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 and then he reveals himself in the end but it's just like this great moment that you know before youtube you 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 know, you stumble across it, and it was like an ultimate prank. It was like yeah. punked, but better. And that's one of the things that I really like about those movies overall is that there are so many good, like, like oh. y- there's so many good stories just about the filming of those movies because they were such sort of a fucking like epic adventure on their own. Um, yeah. Because they filmed them in really long stretches in like a really epic backdrop kind of thing. So, and they didn't have much else to do, so they would just, you know, fucking prank each other and like hang out and go get drunk together and shit like that. So, yeah. If you ever have a chance to like go to a con or something like that and hear anybody talk about like the filming of like either the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movies, they're usually really good just for the stories they tell about like mm-hmm. all the fun stuff that happened on set and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, it's uh, so fun to watch. Yeah. And, like, the bonding that those cast members had with each other, which is, you know, clear, like, now, like, 15 years later kind of thing. They still get together and, yeah, they still hang out and are still clearly, like, friends, so. It makes me, like, just so happy thinking about it. <laughs> it's like, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that that was probably my, my favorite out of all the ones on this list, but... Yeah. um. And those DVDs yeah. had a lot of other good ones too. Oh, so many, yeah. just so many. Um, but yeah, so that's that's one of my my top ones. <clears throat> um, what about you, Mark? Do you have another one? Um, you haven't played the Arkham games, but there is a couple really good. They they I have played them, Mark. 
Every time you say that, I have played them. Chris, you haven't played the art? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. No, Mark, yes. Either way, the uh, the first game, Arkham Asylum, has an awesome Easter egg that actually like completely spoils the plot of the sequel, like the Arkham City game, inside it, and is so well hidden that the developers actually had to leak it at one point. Did you hear about this, Christine? No. So if you're bombing around a certain section of the Arkham, I think it's one of the in the office building, there is a, a, a room that's hidden that you have to hit with three like explosive gel things at once okay. and that's the only way to take down this wall and if you go inside it the blueprints and all the plans for arkham city are already in there so oh, okay yeah 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 yeah. so like you, you they already had kind of not spoiled i guess because it's in their own game but like they had already kind of told you what the sequel to arkham asylum was going to be assuming they got a chance to make it in that game like three or four years way ahead of time mm-hmm. um they did this for all of them all the rock city games have a hint if you're in so when you get into City um, and start playing, because there's radio frequencies you can kind of monitor, and when you're using one of the one of the gadgets, it, you can monitor frequencies. The Scarecrow doesn't play any part in Arkham City, but mm-hmm. there are a bunch of messages telling, like, warning Batman that he'll be back, and that he, Batman's going to be sorry for what happened to him in Asylum. Um, and that is the hint to what happens in Arkham Knight. And that kind of leads into what happens in Arkham Knight, where our, like the Scarecrow is the main villain of that game. So all oh, these okay. things are like hidden in like the background of stuff in the games, and hint at the future of the series. Yeah, that's cool because like I, I like situations like that where they'll say like where it gives some hints as to future stuff, and then you can kind of go to the future stuff and say, did it actually turn out this way? Kind of thing. Like there are situations where. You know, they had an idea about the way that something was going to go, and then it ends up very different. And getting yeah. that glimpse back into what the initial uh, sort of vision for it was is mm-hmm. can be really interesting. So, and what's interesting about these ones is like they totally follow through pretty much exactly with what the promise of that is. Like, yeah, going from asylum to city, they like the hint of Arkham City is like, oh, wow, they're going to give you an open world kind of area to do this in. Which mm-hmm. everybody when they were playing Asylum was like, this would be really cool. This is an amazing game because it's a fantastic game. But it would be really cool if it was in like a GTA as kind of open world scenario. Yeah. Which is true. exactly what they do in City, right? Like they give you that space to move around in as Batman. Um, and then hint at like the fact, like, because in the original game, Scarecrow gets like attacked by Killer Croc in Maine and kind of left for dead. And nobody's really sure what happened to him. And he doesn't show back up in City. But then these little radio things hint at the fact that he's going to come back viciously scarred in Arkham Knight. And that's what happens. Like they follow through with their plot thread the whole way through yeah it's really cool nice yeah that sounds awesome yeah you gotta kind of go hunt the uh, the radio frequency ones are a little tricky to find in city but if you you can go find them online they're not hard to find so yeah it's especially impressive that they were able to still keep that in considering it's a property which probably had so much studio control as well like so much control from dc they they, they always felt like they were kind of allowed to do their thing in there yeah. they're very respectful like I, I wish you'd had a chance to play those games at some point tim someday like, i will they are very respectful of like batman lore on the mm-hmm. whole like they just feel like a, a big mishmash of like continuities like and well there's, especially and the comic like book and, and like the animated series stuff like if yeah. it's very faithful to the comic book side of things while still having hints and like glimpses of like i mean the obviously the voice stuff. cast yeah the timber stuff and like some of the movie stuff too 
so it, they're yeah. cool. But that 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 one was like I remember finding, um, the room in Arkham Asylum and being like, "Holy shit!" They actually like put a room in here that's like hinting at the next game. So yeah, huh. yeah. I didn't. Uh, I had no idea about that. Yeah, it's really cool. When you when if you ever play through them again, you should go looking for it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm glad a video game one made it on this list because I have a few video game ones, but most of mine are like movies. I have yeah, I have a couple video game ones. So yeah. But uh, Tim, why don't we hear your next one? All right, my next one is is also a movie, uh, but in this case, it is a movie referencing the ride that it is based on. So it's uh, the pirate, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, so, uh, Christy, have you been to Disney World or Disneyland ever? Yes, I've been to Disney World, and it's okay. amazing, and I love it. Good. We should go sometime. Um, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but uh, so Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the ride uh, towards the end of the ride, um, both in Disneyland and Disney World, there's a scene where there are pirates that are imprisoned that are trying to get a key from the uh, yeah. dog's mouth. And and uh, when they made the movie, they had a scene that had exactly that scene play out. So it's a bunch of pirates, including some pirates that look like look almost exactly like the ones from the ride that are trying so to awesome. get. Yeah, they're trying to get this key out of this dog's mouth. Um, and I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I, you know, regardless of what else this movie does, like, I love that they gave that little, like, straight up nod, you know, fr- to the to the ride that it came from. Considering the ride, that, like, doesn't really have much of a storyline, except that it's, you know, pirates that are uh, sort of hilariously pillaging this town kind of thing and presumably not raping because it's Disney World. But... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I love that they had that scene in there and sort of playing, paying uh, homage to the legacy of that ride. And that's something that's going to come up again and again in my Easter eggs is paying homage to legacy. Um, but I, then I was, I was looking it up for this, uh, for the episode and I found out that apparently there's an expanded universe around the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like there are novels and stuff that have been written about it as well. And there's also like an open world game. And apparently this character has like that this prison dog, as he's come to be known, has like a whole fucking role in this expanded universe. Like he was the dog of uh, Edward Teague, who I think was Blackbeard. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he's got like these other storylines. And uh, I hadn't realized that 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 same dog um, ends up showing up later in some of the other movies, too. Like he was left behind by the crew of the Black Pearl and becomes the leader of a tribe of... uh, of like savages or, or, or no, uh, yeah. Um, of a boat or something like that. So yeah, this fucking prison dog that was just, you know, an animatronic figure in a fucking Disney world ride now has like this whole fucking story and like little legacy of his own kind of thing. So yeah. And he also, um, in one of the later movies, uh, he's the one that brings, um, captain Teague, the key to the Pirata Codex, like that big like book that is uh, has the code of pirates or whatever in it. He's he's carrying he's the, one of the keys has been carrying around in his mouth is the key to this big like huge book yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the law of being pirates. I totally for like that dog. You're right. He did have like an actual yeah, following. Yeah, exactly. So I, I I just love like being a big fucking Disney theme park nerd. I love that they you know, truly paid homage. And that wasn't the only scene they did that in, but that was sort of the one that was most sort of obvious where if you'd never been on the ride, you wouldn't know it. But as soon as you see that, you know, like I remember that from the ride. So. Yeah. 
No, that's awesome. I do remember that from the ride. That was a that was a great um a great addition. I remember seeing it in the movie and just being like, yes. Yeah, exactly. And then it was weird because the the fucking movies ended up sort of informing the rides because they put Jack Sparrow in the ride in a few places yeah. as well. And uh, it was like cool, but like they're really good figures. Yeah, um, it just kind of took away from the integrity of the why the original ride was made. But I get why yeah. they did it. Um, and actually, this past week, uh, um, Johnny Depp actually appeared in the ride, I think at Disneyland, as Jack Sparrow. That's I guess awesome. I guess they were like, you know, doing sort of a promo for the new movie that's coming out in the next couple months or something like that. So, like, if you went on the ride, you would see Jack Sparrow there and you would be like fucking talking to you live. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. And, jo- cool. and Johnny Depp is like an admitted like Disney Parks like nerd as well. So he was. He also loves that character. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> I think that's like the character that he most sort of identifies with overall. Mm-hmm. Which is, which says a lot about Johnny Depp. <laughs> I still am really upset that he's Grindelwald. I'm curious. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I can't see him and Jude Law loving each other. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little more upset about the fact that he's a fucking abuser, but you, you do you. About. Did you hear was was his uh, his last girlfriend's name Amber Amber Heard her name is Amber Heard. Uh, I guess she left him because he'd been like fucking like beating her and like getting stupid what? drunk and abusing her and shit. He's also notoriously a meth addict these days. Go Hollywood! I did not know that. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. So on to the next one. On that happy um, note. Speaking of uh, <laughs> Harry Potter, I'm going to dip into the Harry Potter verse. Of course you are. Of course I am. I because to. of course you are. Um, now this was hard because there's some like there are like so many Easter eggs within the Harry Potter movies. Like just to name a few quickly, um, like uh, Buckbeak poops in the and uh, I think it's the third movie. Um, you could see Buckbeak drop a load from far away, which is amazing. Nice. Um, there's a Voldemort po- um, portrait hanging in Prisoner of Azkaban where it's actually. Um, it's uh, Ray Fiennes because they'd cast him at that point. So it was like a little teaser. Like but a nobody little, noticed. Yeah. It was like, why would yeah. they hang a, po- a portrait of Voldemort in the, you know, mm-hmm. the school? Um, and then there's those like little feet uh, in the corner of the credits where two students are getting it on on the Marauder's map. That's right. I, I, yeah. I've seen that one before. Yeah, that yeah. One's, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and then like there's, there's little things like um, Ron having his Patronus as a dog, whereas Hermione's... is. Ron's is a is a Jack Russell Terrier, and Hermione's Patronus is a an otter. And I did some reading a long time ago, and it, it ends up that like the um, Jack Russells are notorious for chasing otters, and otters are part of the weasel family. Weasley, you know, it's a little on the nose there, J.K. But if you want to talk on the nose, my favorite my favorite Harry Potter Easter egg is um, within the book and the movie. And it's when um, Snape's first words to Harry. Have you guys heard about this one? No. No. Okay. So Snape's first words to Harry are, um, uh, what would I get if I added powdered root of uh, asphodel to an infusion of wormwood? And so I'm going to read you what I found because I did some research and remember, because I remember really loving this, but I didn't remember the exactness. Um, So like, it makes no sense because he's a first-year student, right? Like, he's not going to know all this shit. Hermione might, but he's not going to know all this shit. Um, so, um, and Rowling did a minor in um, a 
British uh, spells. No. <laughs> Potions? <laughs> no, Victorian flower language. She did a minor in it. That's um, something wait, you do a fucking minor in? Yeah. Is that a thing? It's probably why she was unemployed and writing books and coffee shops. I mean, I have a wife that's doing a master's degree in Tolkien studies. I didn't even know you could do a fucking minor in yeah. Victorian flowers. Now I feel like I wasted my time working on that comp sci minor. Like, <laughs> what were you even, why? What, were you why? what was I thinking? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this makes sense, though, because... His first comments, again, are, what would I get if I added powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood? And asphodel, asphodel, asphodel? You're an is asphodel. A flower, yeah, whatever. But it's a flower from the lily family, and it means, um, my regrets follow you to the grave. And his wormwood, mom's name is Lily. Yeah. And wormwood is taken to mean absence. So what he's spelling out is, I bitterly regret Lily's death. Because Snape wanted to bang her. Yeah, because he loved her his whole life. That's why his Patronus um, was a doe, because hers was a doe, because oh. it matched James's, which was a stag. That's why he was loyal to Dumbledore. Or all Snape got put in that friend zone. Couldn't yeah, ever and that's also it. why it's so creepy that like the last thing he says is, you have your mother's eyes, because he's like... <laughs> kind of. <looking>. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me hard. And I'm dead. <laughs> and I'm dead. I'm, I'm hard right now. All that blood dead. rushing to my cock just killed me. <laughs> Probably the snake poison. But um, <laughs> snake poison. Snake All the snake poison in his penis. Yeah. Yep. But um, I would encourage Harry Potter fans to go and look for other ones because those are just like four or five of the the more well-known ones. But that one about when I read that, and, like, I didn't think it was real for a little while. I was like, come on. But then when I found out that she actually did take that minor and that language was, like, you know, she used specific um, Latin phrases and things like that to mm. get um, deeper messages across for people who were willing to look, I was just like, whoa! Mind so, blown. Mind blown. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's mine. So let's, let's hear another one from Mark. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna lean back into my my record nerd side I think for mm-hmm. another one. Um, so there's two in the uh, in the last two Tool albums, um, and I wanted to talk about this when we did our top albums things, but the al- the episode was so long that I was like, okay, I'm not gonna talk about this. We we did didn't we? We talked about the Golden Spiral. Did we talk about the spiral? No, yeah. we talked about it after the episode. I remember I remember okay. specifically it's not in the episode. Okay. Um, because I was like I really wanted to talk about that. There's an <laughs> alternate track list to the Lateralis album. Where instead of um, playing it like in the the sequence that's on the CD, you start at track six, and if you write the the like the, the track list out, it's the Fibonacci sequence. It's right? yeah, the whole album. Well, the the song Lateralis actually contains the Fibonacci sequence in the in the rhythm of the mm-hmm. the song, um, and also the lyrics are like are referenced to like the way he has written the lyrics are like one one two three five eight five three like that's the Fibonacci mm-hmm. sequence. Okay. Um, but if you do a specific track list that starts at track six and then spirals out, which is part of the lyrics of the song Lateralis, um, you get a different order to the album that actually, I've tried this one. It does seg properly in a bunch of different spots. So the intro to, um, oh crap. Sorry. The intro to Schism is a, is a bass riff. I'm sure at least Tim will have heard this. Yeah, but but the opening chords were like they just play the dun, 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 yeah. dun, that thing. Bass chords too, no less. It's it's bass chords, but at the end of Parabola, 
he's noodling on the guitar at the end and he plays those three notes mm. and then it stops and goes and on the regular album it would just cut into at that point i think fix and leeches but mm-hmm. if you play it in this order it plays the that guitar part right before schism starts with that same part on the bass and then there's another one where, like, I think it's Mantra, which on the regular order would be the intro to Schism. But if you're playing it in the reorder, it's a bunch of weird distorted noises. It's guitar noise kind of run through a, uh, a whole bunch of, like, fucked up filters and stuff like that. So it does you can't really make it out. But you can hear distinctly at the end the opening chord to the song Lateralis, which if you're playing it in the spiral version, like the Holy Gift version is what they, all the tool nerds call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it you can hear the beginning of lateralis playing in that distorted mess of noise. Mm. So it's a completely mm. different alternate sequence that for some reason they decided to do, like actually put the time in and like seg the songs in, in a different order. I still have a link open with that. Um, those uh, like somebody that's edited all that together, but I've, it just hasn't, I haven't had the time to go back and listen to it yet, but you should I fully intend to the tool one a shot. It's kind of, if, yeah. if you're familiar with the album, like if you've listened to the original album and then go back and listen, like I'm so familiar with the album, the way it was released. Yeah. Like when I first heard the, the Holy Gifford, I've known about this for years, actually listening to it that way. I'm like, I can't believe these guys took the time to do this kind of shit, but they've done it twice because yeah. on their last album on 10,000 days, if you take, um, and actually I have to like go to the article because it's weird to describe. So there's three songs on 10,000 Days. There's the song itself that is 10,000 Days. And then there's a song called Wings from uh, Marie and uh, another song called Viginti Trace. What happens is like 10,000 Days is 11 minutes and 13 seconds long. And if you add Wings from Marie and Viginti Trace together, they total out to 11 minutes and 13 seconds long. And if you layer them in separate channels in like an audio editing program, all the stuff that sits on those tracks together, they sync up. That's a long fucking walk. It is a long walk, but this is the kind of weird <laughs> shit that these guys, they're in the out, like they've been in the yeah. studio right now recording their un, as of yet unannounced God Only Knows When It's Going to Come Out album for two years <laughs> yeah. while they're waiting for Maynard to come in and like record like audio for it. So they have time to just be like, what kind of weird fucked up shit can we do while we're just wasting all this studio time? Because what else do they do, right? But if you play it, it syncs up as one completely song. And the lyrics actually line up to form separate lyrics on the two songs. Because like there's breaks really? and stuff like that. Yeah. You can go find it on YouTube. It's really interesting to listen to. Um, sometimes it doesn't always match up 100%. But there's spots where you're definitely like, holy shit. Like the lyrics specifically tell a different story. Or like paint a different image. Mm-hmm. When they're actually intersected between the two songs. It's really weird. So yeah, so like if you're a big tool like fan or you like that kind of weird stuff that you can do, go look this kind of stuff up because they're like they do it constantly. So I I really want to do that because I'm like I'm sort of a casual tool fan. Like I've never sat down and listened to any of their albums straight through, I don't think, but that's the, the best way to listen to tool albums. They they are notoriously like we don't go on Spotify or on Apple Music yeah. because they don't like the idea of their albums being People broken listening up. to a single song yeah. at a time or whatever. So so I think it would be interesting. Like I don't think I've ever listened to anything more than a tool single. Yeah. So I it would be interesting for me the first time that I actually experience those albums to hear them in this sort of grander, you know potentially intended way kind of thing yeah especially i think the lateralis one works really cool it actually kind of changes the tone of the album because like in its 
original form, like lateralis is kind of like there's a lot of space between the heaviness in it. Whereas when you listen to it in the Holy Gift kind of order, mm-hmm. it's a very top heavy, very, very heavy album at the start and then peters off post yeah. like the middle of the album. So yeah. it's got a it's got a completely different flow to it. Like it's you it's probably it, it sounds it's it's weird to say because they're the same songs, but it's a heavier album to listen to the alternate way than it is originally. Yeah. But I just find it fascinating that, like because I've never had a chance to like sit in the studio and like make an album. Well, I've done a couple EPs and stuff like that that I've recorded drums on, but like to have the time to like put all yeah. this kind of shit together is totally fascinating to me. Like just doing all of that. Especially now that I'm doing all this audio work, like doing editing on the podcast. I'm like, what would it be like to do weird shit like this on an album that I've recorded or something like that? So yeah, I find that kind of stuff fascinating. Like even all the backwards yeah. masking stuff that, that you'd hear about back in the day, like that kind of stuff. I was always like, who the fuck t- like thought to take the time to do that? But there it is anyway, right? So yeah. So yeah. So like totally, if you if you have the time to go like, especially Tim, I know you'll take the time to go listen to the tool stuff. Like, yep. Give oh, it a well. shot. Like it's a lot of it's interesting to hear and there's such good musicians like you're yeah, pretty sure it's intentional fucking yeah. amazing yeah so hmm. well all right let's that's awesome let's hear about tim tim what's another one for you um i'm gonna go into my the world that i probably know the most of which is uh dc comics so this this one unlike my very first one is probably my most sort of recent easter egg so dc you know a lot of the time in they'll show like a justice league like trophy room or something like that or they do the same thing with the Batcave pretty often, where they'll show this huge, like maybe you know, one single page spread or like double page spread or something like that, where there's all these awesome like trophies or like references to earlier stories or something like that. In some cases, like really, really old or really early stories, um, and and it's right up my fucking alley because I love that sort of acknowledgement of the legacy, and uh, so. Um, and, and a lot of it is just stuff that like, you know, you wouldn't know unless you've been following the characters for a long time or, you know, about their history kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's cool stuff that's there. You know, if you, if you're just looking at it and you don't, you know, catch it, then it's still, you know, cool visuals. But if you do catch it, you're like, oh, that's nice. That's there just for me, you know, as a, as a real, like super fan kind of thing. Um, and so most recently, um, Mark and I have talked about this a little bit on the show before, but DC right now is sort of in the process of teasing the incorporation of the Watchmen characters into the DC proper. Yeah. The DC universe proper. And uh, right now there's um, a storyline that's sort of forwarding that, that's a crossover between Batman and the Flash uh, as sort of the two main characters that um, were most involved in the Flashpoint uh, event. And uh, so right now they're going over this, uh, this crossover called The Button, which is that that iconic Watchmen button, that smiley face with the splash of blood on it. Yeah. Okay. Which showed up in Batman's cave. And uh, in that storyline, Barry ends up going into like this uh, sort of current version of the Justice League trophy room um, to get the cosmic treadmill, which is this old sort of sticky item that he uses to travel through time or to travel between universes and stuff like that. But in that process, they go through and they, past like all of these all other like awesome like little references to past storylines and stuff like that um so there's an article that um, we can put in the liner notes for the episode that goes through about like 30 or more of them and says like this is this from this up uh, this issue and stuff like that like for those of you that are dc fans there's stuff like rocket red armor there's stuff like 
um, Hyper Clan armor from the Grant Morrison JLA run. Um, there's uh, Starro spores. There's uh, costumes from characters that haven't really been uh, seen in the uh, Rebirth universe or the New 52 universe, like um, the robotic version of Our Man, uh, his like big like ship, and like Blue Devil. Um, but the one that I thought was really cool and particularly topical because this is the uh, 100th anniversary of Jack Kirby's birth is this year, and D- DC's kind of been celebrating that, yeah. is there was a little like canister that had a Kirby dot in it, mm. and Mark will probably know what I'm talking about there. Yeah, so. as, do, do you want to explain it to him? Sure. So Jack Kirby um, had this sort of like uh, iconic way of showing like energy crackling out of something kind of thing, like you know something that was really powered up or like a blast of energy that was being shot at something like that. And it was called the Kirby Crackle. And it was these little basically just spheres of energy. And usually they were like dark colored over a bright background, which yeah. normally if you were to think of like a blast of energy, you would think, you know, really like glowing brightness kind of thing. But yeah. somehow this contrast of these darker circles on top of that sort of made it feel even more powerful or something like that. Yeah. And so in this one canister, they had just a what is clearly labeled as a Kirby dot. Yeah. And I thought that that was a really nice little nod to the history of everything that Jack Kirby has done for that universe. And they call him the king for a reason. So, yeah. so. like, he's a, he's fucking the, the most influential comic book artist, like, on the planet. Like, and creator, too. I mean, yeah. so many characters. Like, uh, well, Darkseid that's going to be, and, and all the new Gods characters that are going to feature really heavily in the Justice League movie yeah. uh, are Jack Kirby characters. So, huge amount of influence. So, I, I thought that one was really cool. Your turn. No, I'm just trying to think, like, we're getting to the two-hour mark, so we should probably each say one more and then give, like, quick honorable mentions. Yep. Okay. Um, so uh, I'll say my second last one, but um, it would be, I think, for the video game one, um, Witcher 3. I know I just finished it, but it had a million references to um, different different pop culture things. Excuse me. Like, they had... Um, they had a scene or a book where you could, uh, it was the Twilight story. Um, so it like was about a woman named Isabella who loved a vampire named Edward, but also had uh, feelings for a werewolf. And I was just reading it. And I was like, Wah! that's hilarious. And they referenced Kill Bill. Um, at one point, uh, you they actually have the Goblet of Fire from Harry Potter in um, the Goblet of Fire. Nice. Um, in an auction house. Uh, they have, um, oh God, what else do they reference? Um, the Princess Bride, um, they talk about um, Gladiator and uh, Fight Club and all of these like different things and um, even Fifty Shades of Grey. But I think my favorite one is um, <laughs> they have this scene where you're about to go into a cave and like it's this big mission that you're supposed to be going on. Um, and uh, you walk up and there's just like this scene of carnage everywhere. And you're just like looking around and there's just blood and guts. And as you're walking up, themes, uh, thieves start shouting at you. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberry. And um, <laughs> when you get to the like start of this cave. We still need to do our Monty Python episode someday. We do. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> but like you're surrounded by gore. There's just this tiny white rabbit that you can't turn your back on because it like gets closer and closer to you. It's awesome. 
Like I remember a boo? seeing it and being like, what is happening? Because it's like, you know, the rabbit of, um, what was it? The rabbit with the, like. Yeah, I remember. What's it? What's rabbit of, um, something with a C. But anyway, uh, it's, um, it's so funny. Monty it's Python so funny. rabbit. The rabbit of Kerbanog. Yes. Killer yes. rabbit of Kerbanog. That's what it was. <laughs> um, but just so funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was probably that was probably my favorite from uh, from Witcher. All right. But yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's roll through our last three, and because um, we should probably wrap it up since it's been two hours. Yeah, a good two and a half hour episode in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. We haven't had a long one. <laughs> but um, it figures. So it figures. Yeah. It figures. Christy. Christy returns, and like you guys haven't been on an episode together for a while either, too. No, no it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, let's roll through and say our last major ones that we really liked, and then we'll uh, we'll say our honorable mentions. All right. Uh, my my last one. It might. It's pretty quick, but um, we've talked about Symphony of the Night a number of times as being like I think it's Mark and uh, this Mark and other Mark's uh, favorite game of all time. If you take the C- the disc, the PlayStation disc, and put it in your CD player, they're not supposed to work. Like they don't function in CD players yep. because they're data discs, right? If you skip the track two. There's a message from Alucard telling you that that is a, a PlayStation disc, and that you should just put it in your PlayStation and play it. <laughs> and then saw, so, um, but then he's like, "If you're not going to listen anyway, like I'm, I'll play you. Like it, it, fine." And then he just it, it plays a song from the soundtrack of the game on <laughs> nice. like on the on the audio CD. So I was like, that one. I thought it was really cool because the way those data discs work is basically um, a whole like the first one track will be basically all the data kind of yeah thing. the f- the first track so. which is like essentially pre-gap and all the other stuff like yeah. is all there and then like if you you could separate it on a you can't do it on a burn i don't think maybe you can but like on a pressed cd you can have that segment that actually has redbook audio on it and there yeah. and it goes out like that so yeah nice yeah so that one was really cool and that's like a game that's filled with secrets and stuff like that that's yeah. just having that extra layer of stuff like it's it's pretty neat it's interesting that, I mean, that would have been a time period. There's not many time periods where developers, oh, Christy's got ice cream finally. There you go. Now she's happy. <laughs> um, where uh, the games weren't sort of like coming close to the capacity of the media, right? Yeah. Like Generally speaking, they'll, they'll develop games. Or the, one of the limiting factors on developing games is the size of the media you're putting it on. A lot of the time, so maybe not so much today, but uh, since you can, you know, download games and stuff like that. But yeah, for a long time that was the case. So the fact that they were able that that was a time where the game clearly didn't take up anywhere near the entire disc because mm-hmm. audi- audio on a disc is like you know five minute so- track or something like that is like you know what yeah. if fifty to a hundred megabytes of a seven hundred megabyte CD. Yeah, it's like what we talked about. I think it was a couple weeks ago with Tiger Woods. Um, golfing game, and it was actually the South Park first South Park episode. Like the pilot was on every disc. <laughs> it was I don't remember that. I don't remember we us talking about that. We didn't nope. talk about this. I thought we talked about this. Yeah, there was um in the first release of the Tiger Woods PGA Tour game. On, I think it was on PlayStation or PlayStation Two. One of the developers had some extra space on the game disc and put on the pilot episode of South Park where Jesus and Santa fight. Um, oh, nice. because they just had they, it was a test and they just never took it off <laughs> and then they nice. had to get all these like games recalled because people were so offended 
Yeah, I don't imagine there's a whole lot of overlap between people wanting to play Tiger Woods golf and South Park fans. Yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just a side note. But nice. um, what about you, Tim? What's your last big one that you want to mention? Uh, so I've gushed at length about the uh, LucasArts Adventure games and the role, big role that they've had in my life in the past, and they've done a lot of really good uh, Easter eggs and stuff like that. So I'll um, so for instance, like they would have uh let's see you could play maniac mansion on a computer in day of the tentacle um you could uh the a lot of uh there would be a lot of like trading of like dialogue lines between games and stuff like that which you'd only know sort of if you'd played all of them um some of the characters of like uh or likenesses of characters like sam and max um or manny calavera from grim fandango would show up in the other games and stuff like that and again, just these really nice, like, sort of little nods. But th- my favorite one was in uh, The Secret of Monkey Island. Uh, when you go into the scum bar, which is basically like a pirate bar, to w- pretty close to the beginning of the game, there's this character named uh, Cobb that's sitting there. And you can go to him and talk to him and interact with him. And he's a character that's actually borrowed from another game. He's a game called Loom. I remember Loom. Yeah. A really weird uh, game. Like, there's never really been another game like it. Like, uh, you would cast spells using music, uh, and you were this sort of uh, weaver character that could weave uh, weave spells and weave reality and stuff like that. Really cool game. If you haven't gone out and played it, it's uh, definitely a really cool adventure game. But so this guy was there, and he was, um, you know, sort of just out of out of place and. You could go and interact with him. For starters, he had a really weird look. Like, he's this bald pirate with this, like, uh, sort of chin strap, scraggly beard. And he had a little tiny pirate hat that said Cobb on it. That was his name was Cobb. And he had a button that said, ask me about Loom. Nice. And basically, you could interact with him. You had a whole bunch of lines with dialogue with him. Most of it was, like, regardless of what you say, he would just answer back, like, I you know, in text because it was a, you know, text adventure. But mm-hmm. if you actually asked him about Loom, he would go into this clear, like, just fucking pitch for the other game. So I remember he, that. Yeah, he would just fucking go off and say, like, uh, I actually, I downloaded it. And it had, like, little, uh, like, trademarks every time it actually mentioned the name of the game and stuff like that. And it was like, you mean the latest masterpiece of fantasy storytelling from Lucasfilm's Brian Moriarty? Why, it's an extraordinary adventure with an interface on magic. Uh, stunning high-resolution 3D landscapes, sophisticated score and musical effects, not to mention the detailed animation and special effects, elegant point-and-click control of characters, objects, and magical spells. Beat the rush. Go out and buy Loom today. You know what's funny? They they kept that in the remake. Yeah, and it's in the special edition as well, which is hilarious because I, I, uh, I think they might have re-released uh, Loom on Steam um, recently, so I think you can still go and download it. That's so funny. Yeah, but they did. They kept it in the remake as well, which is funny because it's, you know, fucking reference like a 25-year-old game or something like that. Um, and uh, and then you would just, you could, there were still other lines of dialogue and he would just go back to answering I to every single one. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that that was a really good one. And, uh, and, and obviously, I mean, it was kind of a nod to like product placement, but obviously also a product placement in itself as well, where they were trying to, drum up popularity and and uh, per- and uh, business for this lesser known less popular game it was just such a smart way to do it yeah and that was that, i mean the the humor in those games is always what i've appreciated the most about them like it's super tongue-in-cheek 
it's kind of self-deprecating. It makes fun of itself. So the fact that they uh, that they did that was was just always really funny to me. And I think I bought that game in a in a package. Like they had uh, LucasArts came out with these like adventure packs, and I think Eric has some of them as well. Um, that had like four or five games in them, and I think the Loom and Secret of Monkey Island came in the same pack as well. So like if you got it in this pack, it, you already had Loom waiting there, ready to be played as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention about how um, um, he can die. The main character can die. In yeah. Monkey Island. Yeah, it was one of the only. Uh, well. That was one of the last games where the char- the lead character could actually die. Uh, that after that game, they sort of got into that groove where, like, you know, you could do stupid shit and you would be kind of punished for it, but you could never die. Um, so, but yes, you could die. You could drown in Monkey Island mm-hmm. uh, if you didn't figure out that uh, how to how to escape the watery death that you'd been sent to in time. Um, it makes me think of. Um... Gave you a bunch that, of time to figure it yeah, out, though. Like ten minutes or something. Yeah. Well, that was one of the other like in jokes in the game was like that uh, right from the start they established like his main talent is that he can hold his breath for a ridiculously long time or something like that, and then that comes <laughs> back later in the game. It makes me think of that college humor video where like Tails discovers he can't die, and he just <laughs> has to like watch everyone around him die, and then, like, <laughs> tries to kill himself, but he just comes back. And yeah. <laughs> that's true see it um, no matter what stupid shit you do in sonic tails will never yeah, die they'll never die <laughs> but um yeah is that all you want to say about secret of monkey island i could go on for secret of monkey island for I fucking hours but no <laughs> but yes in this case that's it um i would say um there's so many that i really want to mention so i'll like i'll do them in the honorable mention like you know yeah when we go through really fast because like there's so many that are good, but one that's really stuck with me, not because it's my favorite um, show or anything, but I really liked the subtle countdown in How I Met Your Mother before Marshall's dad died. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it took a while for the world to figure it out, but it was really, really smart. And in every scene, they were counting down from 30. And there was... um. Every, you, every scene would be a new number until they finally got to one and then the next like Marshall went outside and that's when Lily told him about his dad dying yeah and like Marshall and um Jason uh Siegel actually didn't know that that was going to happen so that take is his first take and first reaction because they hadn't given him the script he thought Lily was going to come out and tell him he was pregnant she was pregnant yeah I remember that too actually. yeah but I thought the countdown was just, it was such a creative, cool way to, like, see if the audience would catch it. And so few people did, initially. Yeah. It was, it was funny, because that show is not exactly something that you would think would take the time to, like, go and do something like that. But actually, yeah. like, did. It's, it was pretty neat. And especially for something that's so, like, dramatic, I guess. Yeah. But that's kind of why, I like, it stuck with me, because it was so... It was so, like, subtly clever. And How I Met Your Mother was not very good at being subtle. Oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, I rewatched the seasons recently, and I just, I can't, I can't, I don't like that show anymore. Oh, really? I've never rewatched it since the um, the finale. I was so, like, I, I hated the finale so much that it kind of soured the, the rest of the show. I always, 
it was never like my favorite show, but it was always something I could throw on and be like, oh, this is kind of yeah. fun. Like it's not super heavy That's or anything like that. That's how I felt like about that. it too. But um, no, I'm with you. I can't. I can't watch it. Uh, I could talk for hours about how I met your mother in the finale. I like had this whole rewrite planned in my head about how, like, you know how she goes outside and like talks to her her dead um boyfriend when the guy's about to propose to her and she says no but like she asked max which is was her um dead ex whether or not he was ready in this wind blue yeah i was like okay if you're gonna kill the mom how beautiful would it be if ted went outside and like asked her if it was okay that he moved on and then like they had this wind blowing like if she had to die at all and like it wasn't about the kids it was about him realizing that like it's okay to go love robin because he had this experience with her and like all these other things. And it's just, and anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that. We're already <laughs> at two, 10 hours and 10 minutes. So, um, but that was probably like one, that's one that's really stuck with me. Um, but okay, so let's power through to do some really fast, like just one or two sentences to talk about your honorable mentions. Um, and we'll just do all of ours at once. So like, Mark, you'll do your honorable mentions. Tim, you'll do yours and then I'll do mine and then we'll wrap the episode. Okay? Gotcha. Um, so my, I only have two other ones and they're both record related, um, songs for the deaf by Queens of the Stone Age. If you put the disc in and hit play and then rewind it, there is a song in the pre-gap. It's not actually like a song. It is the, called the real songs for the deaf. It is a bunch of low frequency stuff that if you are <laughs> deaf and listening, like how are on in the room with the album, you could experience it based on the auditory sensation of like the bass thrumming kind of thing that goes on. That's cool. It's I really neat. Know that. Yeah. I was going to talk about it when we do our next album. Uh, episode because it's yeah go into deeper detail that album is actually on my next part of my list um Mm -hmm. and then the last one is uh, i'm not a big fan of these guys but i just thought this was super cool tim do you like the apex twins yep have you heard about the thing that goes on in one of their uh the song i i would say i'm I'm a casual apex twin fan i've never sat down and listened to like albums again but i have maybe a handful of their songs there's a song called equation or something like that or like it's not it's not called equation, but like the fans call it equation. Where it's like yeah. it's like it, the track name is like a, a fucking really super complicated uh, math equation. Right. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking. If about. If you run the song through a spectrograph, there's this terrifying fucking picture of the lead singer of from the Apex or the lead guy from Apex Twins that pops up on the spectrograph, <laughs> and it looks like a fucking demon. And you can only do it this certain way of getting it. But he specifically programmed this like took a picture so it's like reverse engineered right like he yeah did this picture and then and ran then it made through, a sound wave out of it made of a thing. sound wave out of it so that when you put it into a spectrograph it comes up as this um i'll i'll probably use it as the the one of the like, wait we're the not picture. supposed to be telling people what the easter eggs are we're just supposed to say where to find them no nah, it's okay whatever <laughs> but yeah yeah well apex twin does a lot of that cool uh sort of mathematical kind of stuff too in a lot of their songs like they've got other songs that are based on sort of like physics principles or that sort of thing too and they also are known for doing fucked up fucking videos yeah yeah nine inch nails has done something similar to this like in the year zero album like you can find the year zero cover art in spectrographs for two songs on the Mm -hmm. album too but like the the one for apex twins is notorious because it's so terrifying looking so yeah those were the two that interested me the most so Go ahead. Oh, all right. Very My cool. term. Uh, so yeah. one of mine is from the uh, the Predator movies. Um, I, I'm not going to give too much away, but I will say just take a closer look at some of the trophies on their walls. Yeah. In the uh, in the shit in the Predator ship, uh, which I think is in the second movie. It's the second movie. I feel like this is ruined by time by the fact that those movies. Like, it is. All those sequel movies have been made now. But like yeah. but, when you first but at saw the time, it, that was like fucking that was cool. Movie. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. 
Um, another one, uh, I mean, I've, I've already talked a little bit about uh, sort of Disney rides, but um, Hidden Mickeys in general are a massive Easter egg. So uh, Imagineers put all sorts of little like hidden uh, like images of Mickey, whether it's just like that sort of three circles, like the face and two ears or a yeah. more sort of complex one, like all over the resorts and stuff like that. Um, so there was one I was going to mention that's in the Haunted Mansion in the ballroom scene. There's uh, mm-hmm. one in Splash Mountain that is there. And a lot of the time they're really fun because there's stuff that like the Imagineers put in and then the sort of, uh, you know, managers say, no, take that out. We don't want that there. But over time, the guests, you know, come to expect it. Um, and they're just really great things to, uh, you know, for, for people like me that have been to the parks a bunch of times, they're nice little things that sort of just add something to it. You know, you can keep an eye out for it. There's books and stuff like that and websites where you can go through and people have documented all the different ones that are there. Uh, so, And then the other one, uh, which is another Lord of the Rings one, is uh, if you haven't done it already, um, I'm not sure if this still works or not, but uh, you should try it out at least. Uh, if you uh, go into Google Maps and uh, try to get directions from the Shire to Mordor, and a warning message will pop up. That is right a lot now. of fun. Can't do it right now. <laughs> um, is is that it? That's it. That was all my honorable mentions. That's awesome. I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. You have to wait one second. From <laughs> well, they don't. If you didn't tell them that, I could have just cut it to the point where you were. Yeah. Actually oh, okay. Well, then just don't don't say anything. There you go. Oh, I don't know if it works anymore. Shire to Mordor. Yeah, it's not working right now. It's not working. This loot, this route includes a ferry. This route has restricted access to private roads. Roads that are closed during winter. That's no fun. No. So it used to be that if you put this in, um, a little message would pop up saying, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously that has sort of gotten lost to the to, to time, but... Yeah, I guess it. I guess it does not work anymore. It's trying to walk me from the Shire to Mordor tattoo. Yeah, to, from Wisconsin to Mordor tattoo in uh, Washington. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I'll say. I'll say my final ones. Um, now, um, some of my favorites are the community when they say Beetlejuice three times and Beetlejuice yeah. shows up. <laughs> it's a great one. Yeah. Um, I would recommend uh, if you have the time. Uh, go listen to the um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia uh, backwards tracks yes. of all of their episodes. Which changed from season to season. Yep. Um, after the first season, they did it. It all includes the word brown, but I won't <laughs> tell you any more than that. Um, in Futurama, in the pilot episode, you can see Nibbler's shadow. Oh, I didn't I know that was one. really cool. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched it, and it, you can. You can see Nibbler's shadow. Um, what else? Uh, oh, in season two of Arrested Development, um, there is um just a ton of foreshadowing that Buster's gonna get his hand eaten by a seal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was yeah, there funny. is yeah. a ton, and it's yeah. awesome. Um, I think my favorite two are um, uh, when Job uh, releases the seal. And he tell, eventually eats Buster's hand. And he tells him, like, you're not going to be hand-fed anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Buster, when he sees the, uh, his um, old hand-shaped chair, and he says, wow, I never thought I'd miss my hand so much. <laughs> um, and then um, what are the other last ones that I had? 
uh, oh, portal. Um, look for uh, the uh, the rat man or ratman. Or the room with the cake. Yeah, the room with the cake. The cake is a lie. Yeah. In L.A. Noir, you can find John Marston's hat, who was in um, uh, Red Dead Redemption. He was the character you played. I won't say anything more about that. So there's a, there's a good um, link out to, or like a shout out to uh, Red Dead Redemption in GTA Five too, actually. Like the book mm-hmm. his son wrote yes. is on one of the shelves. Which is cool. Mm. Um. Uncharted 3 has a newspaper that has all the information from The Last of Us about the virus spreading. Yeah. But this was, they thought The Last of Us was already going to be announced, but it hadn't been, so it was just, ended up being a really cool Easter egg. Um, and also in Uncharted, in Uncharted 2, you can play Marco Polo uh, if you jump in a certain pool, which is awesome. Nice. Um, and then uh, my last one would be um, in Iron Man, and I won't say where it is, but most uh, Iron Man fans will know you can see Captain America. America's Shield. Yeah, the yeah. We, the fact we we could do a whole episode on the like going through the Easter eggs that have been that have populated the MCU yeah. at this point, yeah. like yeah. Adam Warlock's egg and like obviously Howard the Duck at the end of Guardians yeah. and stuff like we that. We do a whole episode just on the like the collector's fucking collection. That's true too. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, between that and the uh, the trophy room in Thor in the first Thor. Mm-hmm. Where like oh, yeah. you clearly see like the one of the Infinity Gauntlets, but like there's a couple other ones that are like little shoutouts to comic book continuity yeah. and stuff like that too. So that are pretty cool. Yeah, the MCU is littered with that shit. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's some cool stuff out there, and we would love to hear. We would absolutely love to hear what uh, your favorite Easter eggs are. If you've heard of any of these, you've seen any of these. Um, if you've seen any that we haven't mentioned that you really think we would like. Please let us know. I would love to know if you've heard any Easter eggs in Mass Effect. Um, all I know is about a shambling cow that robs you if you're not careful. <laughs> um, and um, even if you keep killing it, it will come back. But that's the only Mass Effect Easter egg I know about. So if people can find Mass Effect Easter eggs, I'd be more than happy to hear about them. Yeah. I heard there's tons of uh, Easter eggs of terrible animation in the new game. <laughs> um, but yes this has been really fun we're sorry it's gone on so long but we're not sorry it's like one of those moments where you're like sorry not sorry <laughs> and um, this has been uh this has been great so uh why don't we sign off guys we'll, we'll call the night and again listeners we'd love to hear from you you can follow us on all of our social media platforms you can find us on facebook um, just at Dance Robot Dance Podcast. You can find us on Shout Engine or um, Apple I- and iTunes. Um, Apple iTunes. It's Apple uh-huh. Podcast. What, whatever it's Apple called. Apple Podcast yeah. now. They just changed it, um, yeah. In the Google Store, just look up Dance Robot Dance Podcast. Uh, if you found us by now, you probably know where we are online. You can find our Twitter at, um, at DRD underscore podcast. And um, you could send mm. us an email at danceRobotDancePodcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes, too. Rate, review us, let us know what you think. Because it's um, super important. It super it could guys. come in important at some point. It might move us to a point where somebody who isn't one of our friends finds the podcast. <gasps> who knows? But a big <laughs> some, someday. 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 <laughs> when we go wide. I think we have one Sorry. dude. Peebo. Yeah. We have a couple. Um, yeah. What was that? We have, we have one or two people that listen to us that, yeah. uh, that are not personal relations or or friends it's true but yes thank you again for listening we'd love to hear your feedback and hopefully uh you'll tune in next week and we'll talk to you soon so uh we'll sign off for now tim say bye happy hunting 
Uh, Mark, say bye. Have a good weekend, guys. And happy belated Easter. Go find them Easter eggs. Hoppity. That got, got lame. Okay. Hip bye. to the hop. Hip to the hop. I said hip hop. hop. A hip to the hip hip, hip hop. hop. You don't stop the rocket to the bang bang. Up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the rhythm boogie to be. That's going to be totally out of sync.